This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. And a very warm welcome to Etihad Stadium for the 2018 VFL Women's Grand Final. And it's going to be a big one. Hawthorne taking on Geelong today. These two sides have come a long way over the last 18 months since they entered the VFLW. And of course, the rivalry extends a lot further than that. We'll preview that in the next hour and a half prior to the bounce. 12.30, the grand final gets underway. And we'll be taking you through until around 3 o'clock this afternoon. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net. Joining me in the commentary box today, it's a full house. We've got absolutely everyone in attendance uh, today, well, almost everyone, we'll get to that in a moment's time, but joining me today in the lead play-by-play calling role, making her debut in the play-by-play calling role here on Grand Final Day. It's a pleasure to welcome Melbourne Uni midfield forward player uh, in the VAFA, I got that right. <laughs> also host and producer of Credit to the Girls. And, of course, she's venturing over to the ABC this afternoon to do a bit of boundary riding for them. It's a pleasure to welcome Lucy Watkin to the call. Thank you so much, Coxie. Very happy to be here. And I have to say, uh, grand final debut. I have done this before, not... Um I did say play-by-play. No, play. Yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you. Um, but yes, so excited, and Coxie mentioned it, you know, such a long and varied history between Hawthorne and Geelong. It'll be great to see the rivalry play out here today in the VFLW Grand Final. Also joining us there up in the back row today, that's how big the commentary box we've got is, uh, first of all, to the Brunswick Renegades, ruck forward in the Vaffa. Uh, also was an intern with the Carlton Footy Club uh, earlier this year, I believe it was. It's a pleasure to welcome Sash Doherty to the call today. Hello, hello. Yes, it was earlier this year for the AFLW season. Yeah, good fun. Grand final debut for you in the calling position? It is, yes. I'm very excited to be here with everybody. It's very intimate in here. It's <laughs> <laughs> putting it nicely. That's why we've had to shove two outside. We'll get to them in a moment's time. Uh, also joining us, also in the back row today, she's played 250 games in the Sydney Women's AFL competition. She That includes 13 grand finals, so no stranger to the last day uh, in the footy calendar. She's an assistant coach with the Darabin Falcons, uh, also does a little bit with the Coburg Lions in the AFLW Masters. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome Lisa Kiwi-Roper to the call. Thank you. It's, um, I'm excited to be here. This is my first uh, live BFL game and um, or BFLW live game and freshly down from the Sydney Big Women's Grand Final. So excited for two weekends of awesome football. You're going to have to have plenty of special coffee to keep you going throughout the day. Also joining us today all the way from Sydney as well. It is a pleasure to welcome back Christy Williams to the broadcast position who will be looking after our stats today. And you've got a new app, Christy. I do, and I'm a bit disappointed you didn't give me an introduction. You just called me Christy Williams. And, no, you don't have oh, to. Sorry. Uh, right. <laughs> New South Wales I State guess... Representative Footballer, no, no. New South Wales AT, ACT, South Australian Representative Cricketer. No, no, just the Box Hill Premiership Hero would be right. one. Uh, <laughs> it's, in, it's, uh, it's a shame we aren't at the home of cricket at uh, Box Hill City Oval, but Etihad slash Marvel Stadium will have to do. And the new app is going to bring even more stats to you than before. So... Look out for some numbers. We'll be keeping track of that right throughout the day. All right, let's head down boundary side. I'm hoping that they can uh, hear us down there. Neve Felton and Julia Montesano, come in. Yes. Oh, Jesus. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> you're a bit too excited there. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. That <laughs> so is very good to hear. Uh, we're overtaking the call. We're jumping in. We're yelling over the top of you. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> that's, uh, that's why we've put you outside. <laughs> what, are, what are conditions down there like at the moment? Obviously, the gates aren't yeah. yet oh, opened here. Gale breeze everywhere. It's just yeah. a massive windy day. The wind is incredible down here. And that's so. me singing the song on the national anthem. Um, yeah, just multitasking a bit here. Yeah, no, we're excited um, to be down here. We got kicked off before on the field, so we're just we've been relegated behind the fence. Look, yeah, Coxie, we are disappointed. There's no there's no Marvel logos anywhere. You know, this is Marvel Stadium today. Like, why are we still got Etihad everywhere? We're a bit because disappointed. I think, I think you'll find it is still Etihad Stadium. I uh, thought it okay. It said Marvel Stadium on the fixture, so I've taken it as Marvel. I want to be a superhero, so I'm going to take it. That's it. How about we just go with Docklands? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah the old school it. name. <laughs> yeah. Now, for those of you uh, that are listening at home today, we are a little out of position when it comes to the, the broadcast position today. We are on the railway side of Etihad Stadium. Uh, so just if we do call broadcast and out of sight throughout the day, it's just a little bit reversed to what it normally is when you're listening into a call here at Docklands. Quickly, let's uh, preview the two sides before we uh, head back downstairs. We're hoping to chat with the coach of Hawthorne, Paddy Hill, very shortly. But uh, I'll refer to the back row here. Hawthorne and Geelong, two of the best sides of the competition in 2018. Hawthorne, I feel, the day after they beat, uh, or Darabin beat them out at Bill Laurie Oval just over a month ago, I think that has really sharpened them up heading into the final series. Since then, they've been very dominant. Yeah, clearly we taught them how to play some um, good football. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, they've got a they've got some quality players, and they've got a very clean structure, and um, that's the system they chose in their semi final, and it went pretty well to plan. And I think if um, Geelong can cut off um, the Hawks getting to the outside quickly, then um, then Geelong are in with a good chance. They're um, hard at the ball, and uh, mostly play at the middle, and you know. I think Geelong have battled the last few weeks, but proven that they can step up when needed. So, yeah, I think that's where the ball's going to be won today. Two tough games for Geelong, Sash, uh, yeah. against Collingwood last week, the Northern Territory Thunder the week before, and these two sides did meet in the final round of the home and away season. Yeah, they did. And, look, it's an interesting match-up, and I think it's a very even one at the moment, considering the last half of this season. Um, obviously... We had the Hawks taking down top four teams, Thunder, Geelong, Collingwood, um, and now here we are again with Geelong. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's interesting to look at Geelong, um, how their intensity is built over the last few weeks as well. It seems that they've really got themselves together, they're dominating contests, and their tackling has been phenomenal which is something that I really have noticed since the last time we watched them against Collingwood. Had a bit of a dip in the middle of the year, Christy, when we went up and saw them against the Western Bulldogs in Ballarat. They then followed that uh, match by going down to the Northern Territory Thunder by a fairly significant margin up north. Since then, though, they've been gradually building consistency and momentum, the Cats, towards the back half of the season. I must admit, I'm a little surprised to see them here today. Uh, I yep. thought Collingwood Me would too. have been in their position. Well, start of this, it's a couple of weeks in, you thought Northern Territory Thunder would probably have it uh, sewn up. And, of course, the VFL and the AFL, as they like to do, just changed their minds halfway <laughs> and didn't let them have all their players back. But, obviously, when I came over to Ballarat and hadn't seen a live game yet, and Geelong were up and about, and they were terrible. 
that day, to be perfectly honest. They were ordinary. There was no pressure. Uh, they, they just couldn't get a hold of the ball um, for the first three quarters until they kicked a couple late. But this is a this is, this is a different team now. They're not the if they pull out that kind of performance again, they certainly won't be winning the grand final against anyone, no. let alone Hawthorne. But they have they've exactly built their momentum perfectly towards the Paul Hoods have them perfectly ready and I don't see how they can be any better prepared. And Lucy, this is a bit of a history making moment because it's the first time that two AFL aligned clubs mm-hmm. meet on the last day in September in the most senior division of Victorian women's football. No Darabin Falcons for the first time in well over a decade as yeah. well on grand final day. So it's a, a shifting of the guard, if you like, from the previous history of the competition to the new era and where we're heading to with, obviously, the big change that's occurred in the VFLW in 2018. Yeah, definitely. It's a huge change, um, them coming in and playing in the grand final and you know, these were the, the sort of the two teams that heralded the changes last year, which I think is a really interesting thing to see them playing in the grand final today, was they were those first two AFL-aligned clubs to sort of come through into the system before it got completely overhauled this year. So, you know, I think it sets a good... It's a good precedent for clubs this year who came in and maybe battled a little bit, you know, like the Saints and Richmond and all of those sort of teams because Hawthorne only won three games last year and here they are in the grand final. So it's definitely a changing of the guard, but I think we'll still we'll see some really good football. You rewind back to the 6th of May last year when these two sides did go into battle round one of the 2017 season. <laughs> On that day, the Hawks, then known as Box Hill, only scored two behinds. Geelong, comprehensive victors, 9-4-58. The story of... Box Hill slash Hawthorne and their development over the last two seasons has been incredible. A club that was born out of the ashes of Knox uh, after they entered the inaugural VFLW season in 2016. Hawthorne slash Box Hill took over that licence last year. Started the year, it looked pretty dismal for them, but then gradually grew and it's really credit to Paddy Hill because he has got this side firing. Yeah, um, just going by his excitement at the press conference uh, the last few days, um, just saying that if someone had said two years ago that he would be there, he would sort of laugh at them, and that's the sort of mentality that they went in, I guess, not expecting to be anything in particular, not especially not being here today. Um, but he's just apparent, like I'm quoting him, I guess, saying he's really proud, they're amazing athletes, and they've had to fight to be involved, and here they are today playing against Geelong. So it's very exciting. And the Cats have been on a similar story as well. Born out of the old North Geelong side that also was part of the 2016 VFLW competition, the licence transferred to the Cats and what they have done for that region of women's football. We know that they're entering the AFLW next season, but it it has been enormous. Not only the fact that they've put together a very uh, strong program that saw them just miss out on a top four spot last season, but the fact that the whole community is behind them, the support they're getting, the social media activity has been amongst the best in the league. We'll pause that for a moment because I do believe if we head down to ground level, we might have Paddy Hill joining our boundary riders, Neve and Julia. Yes, we certainly do. Patrick Hill, the coach of the Hawthorne VFLW side. Patrick, obviously playing on the big stage today must be a huge achievement for your side. How are you feeling ahead of the big occasion? Oh, we're excited. Um 
um, a little, little bit nervous. That's that's part of the parcel, and that I think brings out your best. And what about um, you know? Obviously, last year, B-Box, you now your Hawthorne. You know, you kind of mentioned the press conference. And it was a bit of a surreal feeling. Have you had time to kind of take it all in and really think about the game, or are you just more so tactics focused today? Oh no, always thinking about. It. I mean, I, I spent a fair bit of time at the club, and we do a fair bit on tactics, but. I've got a lot of downtime at home as well where you sit and you, you think about it and I suppose we'll reflect more after today but, you know, super proud of the girls and, and where they've got to and, you know, I, I, I was thinking that whether we win or lose today, it's just a victory for women's sport. Yeah, for sure. And um, having the week off, how do you think that's gone? Like, how's your training been? Um, yeah, we had a pretty light week uh, this week and last week. We probably didn't want to overdo the girls. Um, we didn't want our build-up to be too long, so we, we kept it nice and short to probably the last seven days. And, look, they, they, they've trained yesterday better than they have for two years, so I think they're itching to get out there. And we'll throw up to the box now. So if you guys got any questions for Patrick, I'm sure he'll be happy to answer. Paddy, what was the turning point in the season for you, given that you were just getting over the line about halfway through it and then... Yep. After you lost to Darabin, that sharpened you up. Was that the case internally? Um, yeah, I reckon that's pretty astute. Um, you know, we, we weren't far off winning that game, but we just weren't playing the style of footy that I wanted. And even those games you talked about through the middle of the season, we were getting over the line with great resilience, and that was that was a real bonus. But it wasn't the style that we wanted to play. So we had a good look at after Darabin. We probably didn't nail the things that day we wanted to, and we came out with a really powerful powerful performance against uh, the Western Bulldogs and that, that was really the turning point. We then got to go away uh, together up to Darwin and just to get that win up there in, a, in another great display, playing a, a brand of footy that I, I just knew would be you know, good in finals, um, that, that, was, that was really the turning point and it's been uh, smooth sailing ever since. Uh, Patty, um, just wondering with Rosie Dillon, um, she had one of her best games against Collingwood uh, recently, and I was wondering if you're yeah. going to play her in a similar way this today, and um, how you're going to approach it with the forward line. Uh, we, we won't do um, we won't do anything different today than what what you've seen over the last five weeks. Um, you know, part of, part of you know being a, a good coach is sometimes listening to your players, and they probably felt better when they just get to go out and play their own game. They know the style that I need them to play. Um, they know that there's some parameters on what they need to do but other than that I've probably let them go a little bit for the last five or six weeks and just got a lot better results so Rosie's a, a sensational player uh, I think she's uh, the Sarah Perkins of um, this year that you know she, she threatens to get overlooked in the draft because she doesn't fit a mould that people expect of, of an elite footballer but um, she is a classy player and her footy knowledge is through the roof Hey, Paddy, you touched on it for a little bit there, but just wondering, you know, with finals and especially a grand final, a lot of people say there's not much a coach that not much a coach can do to get a team over the line and it's sort of up to the players. How do you feel with that sort of hypothesis going um, to a grand final? Yeah, it's a really good question as well. Um, and you've probably hit the nail on the head of my discussion with the players yesterday and we, we had our training, we had our meeting and um, it was pretty emotional for me to tell the girls... Uh, how proud I was of them but at the same time that I had to hand the car, the, the car keys over to them and let them drive the car um, today and um, the biggest thing I could do today is interfere too much and try to overcoach the game so I'm really I'm really banking in and trusting my players they know what to do we've been working on this uh, for 15 weeks now they, they, they know it so I've just got to let them go and be, be here to support them and, and be by their side and mentor them and give them some guidance but really it's up to them now what about 
we, we know you've got some fairly youthful talents in your side, but what about some of the experienced players who today will be their first time on the big stage? I look at names going down the list like Meg Hutchins, uh, a veteran of women's footy, yep. uh, has never made a grand final. Today is her first. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. People handle it in different ways. Um, you know, we all make mistakes early on in, in finals, I think, but some people are just born to play in them. And, um, you know, I've made my fair share of mistakes over the years, but um, some people just on the first one come out and nail it. And we probably saw that with the Western Bulldogs. Um, so we'll see. I think a lot of these players are made to play on the big stage, and I don't think Meg Hutchins is uh, any different. Paddy, Rocky Cranston had 25 touches last time you played them. How on earth do you stop the raging bull that is Rochelle Cranston? Oh, we don't we don't bother trying to stop player <laughs> as good as her. She she's too good a player, so we'll just let her go. We'll let her um let her do her thing, and hopefully our system beats their system. Um, Paddy, just a quest, quick question about Hawthorne as a club. Do you feel there's a bit of something to prove today? as seeing as Hawthorne got overlooked for an AFLW licence, um, you've recruited really well and you've come this far in the BFLW yeah. competition? I reckon the boring answer I'd normally give you is, nah, this is just about the game, but absolutely it's got something to prove. Um, I, I, this is not to knock the AFL. They've, they've, they've made the decisions and um, I, I back and support what they made, but we want to be a part of this competition. I've heard, you know... Plenty of social media out there saying that Hawthorne doesn't care about women, doesn't care about not having a licence. I, I can guarantee you nothing's further from the truth. There's no club going around at the moment that cares and, and wants to do this for, for women's sport more than our club at the moment. So we've got a point to prove. It's going to take time for us to get into the league, but we're just going to keep chipping away. What do you think of Jeff Kennett's uh, mustard pants, Paddy? <laughs> uh, Jeff's, Jeff's a little bit out there with his uh, choice of wardrobe. It's not my choice, but what I do know, he's a passionate uh, supporter of women's footy, and, and I love him for that. Just before we let you go, one final question. What does it mean to you to be leading a side on the big stage of women's footy? Uh, it means a lot to me. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big coach in, uh, and believing it's, it's not it's not about what you do, it's about why you do it and you've got to have a purpose. Um, and when I left men's footy a couple of years ago, I was probably a little bit lost. Um, you know, things ended badly at Frankston, um, but I've really found a purpose in life and I found a purpose in my coaching and to, to be able to lead these, these fine young women out here uh, today onto, onto the big stage uh, means the world to me and I, and I really hope we get the job done. Paddy, we wish you all the best. You've been sensational with the time that you've given us throughout the 2018 season. Good luck today, and hopefully uh, you've got a smile on your face come about 3 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, thank, thank you very much, and I really appreciate all the support over the year, and it's, it's great to see um, your coverage, having so many women on it who are uh, fantastic commentators. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you you to Paddy Hill down at ground level with Neve and Julia Montesano. Uh, Always fantastic with his time. He comes up, he spends time in the commentary box with us and his insights into the game and his passion for the game stands out, head and shoulders almost above the rest. I don't even even think passion is quite the word. It's it's like enthusiasm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like a childlike enthusiasm about it and that's... That's what's even. That's what's really refreshing. It's not passion that's born out of wanting to prove himself as a coach. It's just a general, a genuine excitement, and enthusiasm about women's footy. And he, as he said, he's this has changed his life by the by the sounds of it. It's given him purpose, and that's 
you can't you can't make it up. It's it's fantastic to hear, isn't it? It's fascinating just to hear the personal impact on his life. Every time he's talked to us throughout the season, he's spoken about how much it's meant to him to be coaching such a great group of uh, women footballers. It's just fantastic. He is one of the success stories over the last couple of seasons. Absolutely. We might take a break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. It is the 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. Bounce down at around 12.30 this afternoon. We've got a whole lot to preview, though, over the course of just over the next hour. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. It's the heart of Craigieburn where you can play golf all day and dine seven days and nights. Where you can catch live music, have a punt at the tab, earn Sporties reward points and watch every game of footy. Craigieburn Sporting Club, where it's always by the people, for the people. It's Adamir's winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. Talking Horses with Joe McKinnon. We're working our way towards the breeding season, talking about new sires and the old favourites as breeders look for the edge. Plus, our watch on the big results from the northern summer and we'll keep an eye on the equestrian world. Talking Horses, Sunday from 7am on RSN 927. Presented by Darley's 2018 Stallion Roster. Now including four-time Group 1 winner Ribchester. Bring your dream to life at darley.com.au. When a safety barrier is hit, it catches you like a net, slows you down and prevents you from hitting a tree or oncoming traffic. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Come and see the bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Check the brilliant range of caravans and campers. New and pre-loved. There's finance to get you on the road. Repairs and service from the experts, including insurance work and an accessory shop with all the essentials, gadgets and extras. Bayswater Jayco really has got it all. All you have to think of is where to go. Bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater. Five-year-old Mia and her pregnant mother became homeless after fleeing her violent father. With nowhere to go, they sheltered in a cold garage and slept on an old couch. Mission Australia helped them find a safe home before the baby arrived, restored their dignity and gave them hope for the future. Over 17,000 Australian children will be homeless tonight. Help families escape homelessness. Please donate today. Visit missionaustralia.com.au. Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elma's Elma. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for play. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're in. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at KidSafe.com. 
The Country Footy Show. Hi, it's Adam White joining Paul Daffy every week with all the scores, all the news and most importantly all the great stories around country Victoria when it comes to bush footy. Port Arlington have struggled in the Ballerine for a long time but they defeated Geelong Amateurs for the first time ever. Trainer Rod Smith. Is it true that you were really emotional after the game? Yes, and others were crying when that story went you think, yep, they've finally done it. The Country Footy Show goes up as a podcast every Thursday afternoon at rsn.net.au. It's on your radio at 5am every Friday morning on RSN 927 and replayed at 5pm Fridays on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival in the Melbourne area. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it, and we're just like you in every other way. So visit Tourette.org.au. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. And it is the biggest match of the day for the year with the 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final just over an hour away from getting underway here at Etihad Stadium where you are standing by to hopefully have a chat with the coach of the Geelong Football Club, Paul Hood, and a story in itself for him has been involved with the Cats for such a long period of time down at Cadinia Park. Be interesting to get his thoughts on what it means to be leading their women's side to the big stage and also as he prepares to take the club to their inaugural AFLW season in 2019. Whilst we wait for him, we'll rewind back a couple of weeks ago when Hawthorne did take on Geelong in the final round of the home and away season. On that day, it was Hawthorne 6-5-41, defeating the Cats 3-7-25. Some of the key statistics from that game, Christy Williams because uh, Hawthorne did get out of the blocks pretty well. Oh, they tore out of the blocks, and the, the story of the game really was Rebecca Beeson, who's had a fantastic year, obviously culminating in selection. Um, I think she's in the interchange in the team of the year. Um, and, uh, sorry. and she had 22 touches, five uncontested marks, six tackles and two goals, and... That's about as complete as performance you can get in women's footy, um, given the, the time off. Um, so two goals for her and two goals for Perkins were what really tipped it over the edge, despite the best efforts, as you said earlier, of uh, Rocky Cranston, who had 25 touches. And as Paddy mentioned, he's not, they don't even attempt to stop her because you because you can't. Um, but Maddie Carey, can, she needs a big game. She needs to put her name up in lights um, to, get, to get drafted, hopefully for her. And she had 24 touches and nine big haul of nine tackles so she'll be those two are, are really important today and they showed they can match it with the, the Hawthorne midfield Coxie. Yeah they'll tr- the midfield is definitely where the battle will be won today but that was the, the last time that they met yet yeah, Hawthorne were the winners. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah Sorry. just uh, <laughs> all happening here in the commentary box. Uh, it, on that, on that day, though, Sarah Perkins of incredibly dominant, uh, along with Rebecca Beeson up forward, kicking two goals apiece. Yep. Um, that's, I suppose, an element of today's game that's going to be crucial to, to watch because their, their forward line is incredibly potent because, because also up there is uh, Phoebe McWilliams, who has her 
own interesting story today, playing against the side she will be <laughs> joining for AFLW. Yeah, Phoebe McGloom, she did put on Twitter to, um, earlier in the week, what do I do about the banter that's gonna that's coming my way? Because she's essentially has a foot <laughs> in each camp, but I think she will be key today as well in the forward line because you've got Sarah Perkins who obviously is a very dominant forward, but she'll have two, three, maybe two or three strong players playing on her at any moment, trying to create that contest, stopping her from taking a strong mark. So it'll be up to the line of Rebecca Beeson and Stephen McWilliams to be there at the drop of the ball to, to make sure that, it, that they can lock it into their, into their forward line because we know that Geelong, you know, with Rebecca Goring and uh, Pierce as well back there, they are very, very, very strong defensively as well. Some of the other players that have interesting stories coming into today, we've got Mia Ray Clifford, who has played a lot of footy down at the St Kilda Sharks, uh, was on Melbourne's list briefly for the inaugural AFLW season, will join Geelong's AFLW list uh, in 2019. And also Rochelle Cranston, who uh, who played for North Geelong back in 2016, or prior to that as well, uh, but the season where they entered the VFLW has played with the Cats uh, over the last two seasons. Her story and her improvement uh, is one that deserves to be told a little bit more, I think. Yeah, not only has uh, Rochelle's fitness improved in the last season or so, but also just skill level and, I mean, it sounds cliche, but powerhouse is a word that comes to mind when I think of her and her her playing and watching her on field um, I certainly wouldn't want to come up against her in a game and I have so much respect Um, but yeah for me Mia Ray Clifford was on my list today of um, players that I think will have a cracker of a game and has been very consistent Um, obviously didn't score a goal against the Pies but has kicked 15 goals in this last season which is a huge achievement for someone that Spent most of her time at the Sharks down back as well. Um, yeah, wasted opportunity for the Sharks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no offence. <laughs> they, they may have made the grand final last year had she been playing forward. We might take a break here on RSN Carnival just to sort a few things out up here in the commentary box. It is the 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's seat, uh, Grand Final. And watch every game of footy. Craggyburn Sporting Club, where it's always by the people, for the people. It's Adam Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Adam Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. 
Talking Horses with Joe McKinnon. We're working our way towards the breeding season, talking about new sires and the old favourites as breeders look for the edge. Plus, our watch on the big results from the northern summer. And we'll keep an eye on the equestrian world. Talking Horses, Sunday from 7am on RSN 927. Presented by Darley's 2018 Stallion Roster. Now including four-time Group 1 winner Ribchester. Bring your dream to life at darley.com.au. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. All right, let's head down boundary side now where we have the coach of the Geelong Cats standing by with Julia and Neve. Um, you've kind of come through to the finals, I guess, the hard way, um, winning against NT um, and then Collingwood. Do you think that's put you in good stead, like giving you a lot of momentum coming into the grand final? Yeah, absolutely. We're quite fortunate that we're the only team that's played in two elimination games already. You know, the Hawks have had uh, the second semi where they did really well, but it wasn't sort of um, sudden death. So we feel a bit of confidence out of the fact that we've faced this situation twice. Let's do a die and we stood up really well and we expect to do the same today. Yeah, and um, how's your preparation been? I've seen on like the very good Geelong BFLW Twitter page that um, you had all of um, Kidinia Park to yourself sort of thing. Is it, was that been nice, like, kind of, I guess, using all those facilities? Do you feel like it's been really good preparation coming into the big game? Absolutely. It's been great for us for, for all of this season, for the last month and, and probably the last two years as well. Um, the reassuring thing about playing here today is, you know, our, our team feel like they train in a stadium every week, so it's good preparation for playing at a great place like this. And Paul, one player that's probably not had the preparation you quite would have liked probably Nita Morrison. Obviously, she missed out last week. Can you tell us why she missed out and how excited you are to have her back today? Yeah, it's really exciting to get Nina back. Um, Nina actually had school sports commitments um, last week. She's a, a leader at Geelong Grammar, and it's important for her to respect the school commitments. So there was no drama with that from our end. And um, she's had a long season with the TSC Cup and all the national carnival duties. So a freshen up for her might be just the right thing she needed anyway. Um, so, yeah, we'll throw up to the box now. I don't know if you can... Sort of see them, but uh, you can hear them at least. Paul, we know we know you're uh, pretty pressed for time. So just quickly, what does it mean to be leading the Geelong Cats women's side, not only to a grand final today, but building momentum towards the 2019 AFLW season? Yeah, um, firstly, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great journey over the last couple of years preparing for our entry into AFLW. Um, but, but personally, it's a great responsibility. Um, to, to welcome all the women into the club over the last couple of years and make sure they feel comfortable and then have been able to flourish. It's um, been something that's uh, made us all at the footy club take a lot of pride in our work and um, we're really happy with how it's gone so far. You've made a lot of emphasis on local talent and making sure the girls that you're taking through to the AFLW in 2019 have come from this Geelong VFLW list. How important has that development of those players been through this VFLW uh campaign and into AFLW? Yeah, it's been really important to look after the locals. I think we've been really fortunate that the, the Geelong Falcons have had such um, a fertile talent bed to, to look after over the last couple of years, so that's been great for us and we see that with a few of the Falcons girls in today and then also the AFL Barwon competition have supported us really well and um, the couple of players that have come down with AFLW experience have been great mentors to the rest of the group too, so um, there have been some really good ingredients that have come together. What's the number one area of the game that you're going to have to stop Hawthorne from doing today if you're to be victorious? I think for us the biggest challenge will be stopping the speed of the Hawks' ball movement, so that'll be a big focus for us, and I presume you've probably got to do that whatever game you're going into, but if we can slow the Hawks down and give ourselves a chance to set up well, um, that should hold us in good stead. 
Paul, we'll let you go because we know you've got a team meeting to get to. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us today here on RSN. Thank you very much, everyone. Enjoy the day. Paul Paul Hood, the coach of the Cats, joining us here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. We're going to take uh, a trip around the commentary box now to identify (laughs) some of the talent that uh, will be on show today. I want the three best players, or three players that you'll be keeping an eye on today, and I might start with the the back row. I'll go to you first, Sash. You've got the laptop yep. open. Uh, who, who are the three players that you're looking out for today? Well, with my official open laptop, I, uh, <laughs> I have Kate Darby, Rosie Dillon and Mia Ray Clifford as my top three today um, and just having a good read of research over the last couple of days about them as well as watching them this season. Um, Darby's been amazing, uh, huge kicking range, great accuracy on the set shots. And a real pick-up after, you know, originally being drafted in for Carlton quite a while ago and then back into the Cats for the VFLW. Um, and as I was speaking to Hill before about Rosie Dillon, she's just become one of my sort of favourites to keep an eye out and I think very underrated um, and should be in the AFLW and hopefully will be. Um, <laughs> there's a big tip for everyone. Um, just so many disposals, uh, great tackling, really strong, and actually, you know, can kick a good goal as well. So very excited to see how she'll play today. And then Mia Ray Clifford, um, being a forward myself and not half as good as Mia, uh, I wish I was. <laughs> I just love watching her, and I like to get some, you know, some skill tips just from, yeah, seeing the accuracy and the set shots and. Um, I'm very excited about those three players. I haven't uh, seen fangirling like this since <laughs> Neve saw Nosey last year. I know, year. I'm actually going red and giggling. It's very, <laughs> it's very yeah, that was Neve and Nosey last year. <laughs> um, and, you know, as you might be able to give me more stats on these three, but uh, very, yeah, very excited and fangirly, as Christy said. <laughs> we, we don't mind that. We don't mind no, that. No, we certainly don't. Uh, what about you, Lisa? Who are the three players that you'll be keeping your eyes on and why? Uh, well, I've gone for a couple of favourites. Um, um, Rebecca Beeson is um, is probably one, probably because uh, I know Beeso. Um, actually played with her for a couple of seasons when we used to call her junior, <coughs> just simply because she looked like a young version of Amanda Fruger, who's now captain at Giants. So um, calling her Beeso for the last couple of years has been something different instead of junior. <laughs> but she hasn't changed much. She's actually a talented soccer player as well. So um, seeing her just grow and grow over the years and become more of a known name on the big stage is, has been really awesome. Um, her stats throughout the season in um, Victoria have been pretty awesome. She she averages 21.4 possessions a game. And um, you know, for, for about 12 of those is uncontested position so this is a player that just gets into good space and is used a lot and um, for Hawthorne I think she's valuable as a forward as well as in the midfield so um, she'd be pretty hard to to stop once she gets a run on and especially bringing the ball forward to the into the forwards that um, that Hawthorne have is um, going to be valuable for them um, another one is probably Beck Goran I think she's pretty solid in defence for um, for the Cats uh, she's also a talented musician, so I'll give a shout-out to the Rock Dogs because we played <laughs> together and um, smashed the megahertz, which is pretty awesome. And I know there's a whole <laughs> heap of the Rock Dogs are coming down today to cheer on their favourite cat. Um, but I think she's, you know, she's really stood tall in the back line 
and um, really organises Geelong quite well and I think it's awesome that she's now been signed on for the AFLW team as a reward for her uh, consistency out at Geelong. And then probably the other one, I guess, is is Rocky. I think Rocky's just phenomenal in the way that she plays. Um, again, I think you can use her in the forward line and, and through the midfield. She averages 20.8 disposals a game. Um, she's, you know, high up in the kicking tally. She's high up in um, goals. She's managed to kick a few probably memorable goals in the AFLW seasons <laughs> already. Um, and I think... Um, I'd love to know what her background is. I'm sure she's got some Kiwi in her. Little bias? Yeah, just a little bias, perhaps. And, you know, it's why she plays so well, I'm, so, I'm sure. And, and I'm sure. I just noticed, uh, it says she wearing the All Blacks uh, shirt uh, today as well. It's rugby season. <laughs> and the Ferns are in Melbourne today taking on uh, oh. the Diamonds. <laughs> so if we lose you at yeah. one point, <laughs> we know where you've Might gone. Might checking in on the netball. <laughs> uh, Christy Williams, who are you going to be keeping an eye on across today? Well, I won't be watching the netball, Coxie. I'll be watching the VFL Grand Final, so I'll probably have a bet on it. But, uh, Gamble responsibly, no, we, <laughs> of course. Love the game final series. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, we've mentioned we've mentioned a lot of people. One person who I think is going to have a huge game is Lou Watton. We know she's not going to shy away from the big occasion. She's she's done it all. As it says in the, the AFL record, uh, I think Paddy Hill has written, written it, but... CV a mile long and all-round star. <laughs> She's going to be a good player regardless, but with Erin Hoare missing, Eliza Hines, I think it was 47 hit-outs, 45 hit-outs, Eliza Hines had last week against the Cats, and Madeline McMahon standing in only had 11. While they did well around the ground, you're not they're not going to beat Lou Watton around the ground because no one covers ground like she does for someone her size. And... Boy, she could get off the chain very, very quickly today without Erin Hawes a huge loss, more so because of who they're up against. And if that hit out count isn't closer, that's that's huge for Ge- that's huge for Geelong because we know Lou can go around with them. And I think the other player to mention, Phoebe McWilliams, as we talked about, three contested marks in the in the semi final where they won. We all know contested footy and contested marks win games of finals, as you saw from Mason Cox. On Friday night, contested second most mar- second most contested marks in a, gr- in a in a final ever. Best on grand performance. That's contested marks of gold in 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 grand finals. So if she can pull out, and we know how good a contested mark she is, she's just fantastic to watch her fly at the ball. She never seems to have any regard for her body whatsoever with the way she flies into contests. And if she can take she she can take three today inside the forward fifty. Oh, that's it's going to be hard to win a game when she's got a hold of it like that, particularly when there's pretty handy lead-out mark next to her in Sarah Perkins. They're going to be hard to stop if they pull out those numbers. Certainly will be, and that will be one of the fascinating parts of the game to watch today. We'll head down to, to the boundary line. Uh, Neve, who are the three players that you will be keeping an eye on today? Um, the first player I think I'm going to be keeping an eye on is Emma Mackey. Um, when I last saw well, Hawthorne playing in the home and away season, um, they were missing her. She was injured that day, and they really they kind of fell down, I guess, against Darabin. I didn't see the leadership on the ground um, that I saw last time um, in the pre- pardon me in the prelim um, with them. So I'll be looking for Emma Mackey to have a really um, big game and lead from <clears throat> pardon me lead from the front as a captain. 
um, I think she's really important. And she's had the AFLW experience as well. So playing on a big, like a bigger stage, I guess, is not going to be a problem for her. Um, I'm going to look at another defender in Beck Goring as well. I got one of mine pinched. Um, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Um, again, like another, <clears throat> another captain, I think she's going to be able to, um, direct from the back, see the game from the back. And also in the back line, she's got the job on, um, McWilliams and or Perkins, which is obviously going to be really important to making sure, um, that they're not taking, I think if they take more than three marks each, um, it's going to be really dangerous for Geelong. So I think it's on yeah. Beck Goring to help organise the back line. She heard like, she's known for a spoiling game, so I think she can stop um, McWilliams and Perkins getting to those, um, taking those big hangers, maybe, hopefully, just for the spectacle. But um, <laughs> um, I think that'll go a long way. And um, the last one I want, um, was Maddie Carrick, because she's been a really good um, footballer for a lot of years, obviously on Melbourne Uni's list, then Carlton. Um, and now at Geelong, wasn't I? Don't think she wasn't picked up um, when Geelong did like their last round of um, players. But I think she's a really good, just hard-nosed footballer. Um, she knows she was playing in exhibition games as well. Um, I think for the Bulldogs um, back in the day, all those years ago. Um, I know when she used to train down at Calder, she would train with the boys, and even if she was slower than them, like as a fourteen-year-old or whatever, she'd make sure she did. Um, just as much running, if, even if it meant if she finished 10 minutes later than them. So I think she's really committed to playing footy. Um, I think she'll be really looking to prove herself today to make sure that um, recruiters take notice and hopefully she can get redrafted. Well done, Neve. Uh, was that one off the bench, considering one of yours got pinched? <laughs> um, no. No, no, no. I decided to go with Beck anyway. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we might uh, flick across to you, Julia, and I'm assuming, given your role with AFL Draft Central being the senior women's editor down there, uh, you might be keeping an eye on the talent. Uh, yeah, I've got three under eighty players on my radar, which is no surprise at all to probably you, especially Coxie. But uh, we'll start from the Hawks. Michaela Cairns, my one to watch there. She's a absolute bull in the midfield. Believe it or not, this is her first year of playing footy, and she's playing a grand final at the VFLW, so it's a credit to her for a year. She's played for Vic Metro as well, so she's had an outstanding year. Had 21 disposals uh, in, the last, in the last final when, they, when the Hawks faced Collingwood. That was a game high, so she could get the ball, she could hunt it, she's an absolute inside bull, so you definitely got to keep your eyes out for her. Um, obviously, from Geelong, you got Olivia Purcell. Had 14 tackles last week. I mean, she just did not stop, but the tackles are all strong as well. She's one that just, she's the same, she's the same type of player as Kaya, so they, they, that, could, that could be a potential matchup as well. So, um, she's an inside ball too. Um, Geelong Falcons best and fairest, and premiership player as well. So, but then today, she could be a dual premiership player in just one year. So, it's a fantastic <laughs> achievement for Purcell. And also for her teammate, Nina Morrison, obviously, like we heard from Paul Hood, missed out last week because of school commitments. But the week before, um, she was named um, Geelong's best, um, obviously, on the website. I think she had about 19 on disposals, the same amount as Michelle Cranston. So if you get up to her level, then you know you're doing pretty well. And Morris is just a class above as well. Obviously, she's won pretty much every award this year. Tuck Cup, Best of Ferris, and um, AFL Women's Under-18 MVP, with Madison, both with Madison for Sparkers as well. So obviously, with Geelong having the first pick, she's a huge one. She's a huge favourite to um, obviously get the spot with um, Manny nominating for Metro, but I'm sure she'll have a great game today and she, um, she'll really break the game over considering her run on the outside. So 380 players for you guys. I hope you enjoy watching their games. There you go. you just got an insight into why AFL Draft Central is the place that you need to go to get all the information regarding the draft coming up. And also uh, just to keep an eye on this space, uh, 
whilst the season finishes for us today, there might just be something waiting in the wings uh, over the next couple of months as we head towards the AFLW draft. So uh, keep an eye at Wharf Radio on Twitter and, of course, our Facebook page, Wharf Radio, W-A-R-F Radio. Lucy, who are the three players that you're going to be looking at today? Like Neve, I've had one of my players pinch, but that's okay. <laughs> Power through. But no, my first one was Geelong, um, Olivia Purcell, and pretty much for all of the reasons that Julia just outlined, was I thought she was... I was watching the replay of their game against Collingwood last week and I thought she was amazing just on the inside and the outside and on the pressure that she created um, around the contest for Geelong. Just showed a player who looks like they've, they're one of the senior players on the list despite being you know only under 18. So I think Olivia Purcell is one to look out for. My last two players are both Hawthorne players, one of them being Julia Crockett-Grills, who is another one like Phoebe Bick-Williams, who after this game will be going over to play for Geelong in the AFLW. And I think she's really important to Hawthorne because she gets a lot of the contested ball and is the one that gets it outside to you know, your Beeson or... Uh, Kim Ebb, as we saw last week, I mean, in that two weeks ago in that final, she got a handball out to Kim Ebb, who was able to take the run up the wing. So I think Julia Crockett Gills is really important for making the opportunities for Hawthorne. And finally, for me, I'm surprised she hasn't been mentioned yet, but is Jade Van Dyke, who won the Rising Star for the VFLW, and almost cheekily in her interview mentioned that there's a few AFL club, AFLW clubs, you know, interested. Um, <laughs> came straight from her mouth. I'm not saying that, um, but she she's played two very good, big seasons off the half back for Hawthorne, and so she really does have that running carry off the half back to break the lines, change the angles and set up the midfield and the forward for Hawthorne. So I think she's very important to their game and so no wonder there's AFLW play AFLW clubs interested and no wonder she won the Rising Star as well. There you go, Lucy Watkin pushing the rumour mill here <laughs> on uh, RSM at Carnival. Taking a slightly different approach uh, with the three players that I'm keen to see today. We know there's a lot of young talent out on the park that no doubt AFLW recruiters are going to be watching. But for me, the three players to watch today are those that have been involved in women's footy for a long period of time under the old structure of the competition. My first one is Meg Hutchins, played with the Eastern Devils for a long period of time, was an out-and-out star, has had a couple of seasons with Collingwood. Earlier this year announced her retirement from AFLW to focus on the VFLW commitments. And, and it I, would appear to have paid dividends. Well, it has. She, it's almost reinvigorated her because I think it would have been fair to say that she was edging closer to retirement whilst she was at Collingwood. She... she she looks like a 20-year-old running around there now. She's solid off half-back. She's running through the midfield and also fairly potent with the goals, having kicked a couple throughout the season It's as hard well. to believe. I mean, she has played, obviously, in Victor- one grand finals for Victoria. And God, she was just frightening coming out of full forward. She was probably, I don't know, say 10 or 10, 15 kilos heavier and just, just a bit like Rocky. You don't want to get in front of her. It's just hard to imagine someone like her with her character, with her skill. that She hasn't played... She hasn't played in a grand final. It's astonishing, isn't it? It's it's amazing. And the the other part, I remember earlier in the year, we had a brief chat with her after, I think it was round one out at Windy Hill after the game. Uh, and uh, there was a smile on her face that day when she'd found out that the Northern Territory had uh, knocked Darabin off convincingly. I think <laughs> the, the underwriting tone is that there's a, 
a lot of the more experienced players that have been a part of the old VWFL uh, and now the VFLW that are relishing their chance finally on the big stage and with a genuine <laughs> opportunity to win too. Well, to quote one of the greatest movies of all time, Dumb and Dumber, I think everyone said, so you're telling me there's a chance. Just putting it out there. And they there. finally use a chance because... That's why I'm on play-by-play, not an analyst today. <laughs> the other the other two similar stories as well. Mia Ray Clifford for the Cats, she's reinvigorated herself as well. I thought coming to uh, or finishing preliminary final day last year, I thought, well, oh, that might just be about it for Mia Ray Clifford. She looks... A little cooked, uh, and the fact that she didn't play AFLW this season, I thought, that's it. I was surprised when Geelong announced that she'd joined them at the start of the VFLW season. I've got no idea why I was so surprised, because she has been dominant for them this year. As Sash pointed out earlier, she's been pivotal up forward. Yeah, but she wasn't playing like this last year. No. So. And I almost, <laughs> I almost wonder it's the new challenge that's presented to her has helped re- Refresh her and find a new purpose. She and looks like a new player, doesn't she? she well, she does. is a new player. She's not playing the same position. She's not trying to play the, the lockdown role on Mo Hope, which, or th- things like that, where you're already up against. If your midfield don't win, it doesn't really matter anyway. And she's she's a completely different player. And, and another one that has been deprived of opportunities to make uh, grand final day, having been a long time at the St Kilda Sharks, along with Phoebe McWilliams, who will be playing today for Hawthorne. And my final player uh, is one that's spent a bit of time in the last couple of years with GWS, but uh, has grown up around the Geelong region, Maddie Boyd for the Cats. Uh, back in 2016 was the first time that I'd seen her in the flesh on a footy field. And she was dominant. She was doing absolutely everything for North Geelong. She was rucking. She was off halfback. She was kicking goals. It was almost like she was a bit of a lone soldier, although Cranston and a few others were were there. But her story is another one where going through the hard times with North Geelong to now this new setup with the Geelong Cats and being one of their leaders down there, it's... uh, it's a great story, and there's plenty of them that deserve to be told. Well, in right the, we the mentioned day. how poor Geelong were in the game we did in Ballarat. They were absolutely shocking, and one of the only reasons they got anywhere near who were they playing the Bulldogs um, was Matty Boyd behind the ball taking intercept marks. I, if it wasn't for her, the floodgates would have absolutely opened because I think she took six or seven intercept marks that day. And how had he whack marker? That's it. And, <laughs> you and just I th- can't. I think she's finally settled into her role. I think for a while last and year... And we, we talked about that. We talked about her not having... Being a bit lost, because you can't really work at a position, can you? And you don't know what you're going to be playing. And she finally... She finally owned it. Yeah, she seems to have finally clicked uh, with the Cats, which is a positive for her, finding some great form, and of course will be a part of their AFLW program in 2019. We might take a break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app, and rsn.net.au. We're about 33 minutes away, if my mathematics is correct, from bounce down here at Etihad Stadium for the 2018 VFLW Grand Final. It is Hawthorne hosting Geelong. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. 
Another massive week on The Breakfast Club. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, here's a snippet of what we did. Cameron Smith from the Melbourne Storm. Ten prelims now, and how hard is it to control a bit of the emotion? Because, of course, Billy Slater and Ryan Hoffman announcing their retirement. I guess it's going to be quite an emotional week for a lot of the guys, particularly the guys that have been around for a long time. Last game they'll ever play in Melbourne for the Melbourne Storm, so it is a big occasion for us. Baron Finch is getting ready to wear the baggy green, and we're very excited about that. Oh, absolutely. It's special. I got up here to Brisbane Saturday night for the training camp starting today, so I'll peak the day early. <laughs> <laughs> I just really felt like the real excitement of almost being a young kid and getting picked for your first ever time for Australia. So the days, Maxie gone. How do you not think about a win away from the big one? I mean, every player says one week of time, but no player's thinking it, so there's a massive elephant in the room that the fact that if you win, you're playing a grand final. But probably from now onwards, it's purely on West Coast, purely on getting the job done, going to Perth as a team again and playing some good footy. Taylor Adams from the Magpies. Was there any discussion within your playing group about perhaps pulling some resources and trying to get Dustin kidnapped? Barmy suggested I it. I can't believe you have the Collingwood fans that they're not here. <laughs> Sean Gregg is always honest with us. Now, what is happening with Dusty? I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Haven't you heard this morning? He's going in to get his right leg amputated. That's all. That's the latest. I don't think I'll be seeing him in training today. We welcome Adam Kingsley to the program. Go straight to Jack Stephen. Last night he was announced as the best and fairest. Tell us what he's like to work with week to week. The growth in him has been enormous. So the embracing of yeah. wanting to learn about the game, wanting to help his teammates become a real leader in guiding them, instructing them, helping them, working with them. I'm thrilled for him. I think it was a great result. Mitch Wallace re-signed with the Western Bulldogs for a further three years. Feeling the same about Tom Libertore. How big a, a challenge is it to keep Tom at the club? During the year we had a lot of chats, but I think as soon as that last siren rings and we're allowed to go, Tom shoots off to... <laughs> we're all, all exotic parts of the world, so I'm up there. has been too much dialogue between us two. Stuart Clark is a former international test cricketer. Putting a bit more integrity into the Sheffield Shield and, and making that a, a stronger competition. The reason the Australian cricket team was strong and had so many great players like Martin and Langer and Hayden and all those guys running around because the competition was strong and you pick the best players to play for their state. At the moment it's not that, it's a bunch of young guys developing. When they come to play for Australia, they probably aren't as hardened as they used to be back in the day. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. We love a bet. Nadia Horn and RSN 927's winners. The winners team provides you with informative and engaging form analysis. Mondays, Matt Welsh reviews Saturday's racing. Tuesdays, Warren Huntley and Rob Nicholson with Flemington and Caulfield Trackwork reports. Wednesdays, Dean Lester and Warren Huntley with a midweek preview. And every day, the table take us through the big market changes. Winners. Weekday mornings from 10.30. On RSN 927. Thanks to Tab. We love a bet. You're okay. Just did it because he likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. Come and see the bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Check the brilliant range of caravans and campers. New and pre-loved. There's finance to get you on the road. Repairs and service from the experts, including insurance work and an accessory shop with all the essentials, gadgets and extras. Bayswater Jayco really has got it all. All you have to think of is where to go. Bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater. Every day, in many ways. The Royal Flying Doctor Service takes the finest care to Australia's furthest corners so that all Australians can enjoy the best of health. The Royal Flying Doctor Service has been taking care of Australians for over 80 years. But we still need your help to continue providing emergency rescue and essential health care to remote and rural communities. Make a donation. 
or become a supporter and help keep the flying doctor flying. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. This is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. Just under half an hour away from getting our grand final action underway. Prior to that, though, let's discuss a few of the names that are going to be on the radars for AFLW clubs for the 2019 season, with the addition of two clubs being uh, Geelong, Excuse me, being... <coughs> wow, someone doesn't like Geelong, that's awkward. Excuse me, being Geelong and North Melbourne in 2019 entering the AFLW competition. It means that there's going to be a few more players required for lists across the competition. Julia Montesano, as the women's editor of AFL Draft Central, you're the best position to be informed about who's on the, the radars. So what can you tell us? Uh, well, yeah, like I was saying before, I guess Nina Morris is probably the hottest favourite for the number one pick at the moment. Like I said, it was out of her and Madison Bresparkles. Now, she's a quarter cannons captain, and she did play a couple of games for Melbourne Uni, as we know, and absolutely could have won the, could have um, absolutely dominated for them. So... It's probably out of her and Nina to go number one. But now that Maddie has specifically nominated for Vic Metro, so she's only going to choose to go to a Metro club, um, it puts Nina Morrison in the box seat to go number one. But then again, you just don't know what exactly Paul Hood's thinking about what he wants in his lineup. You know, you've seen Olivia Purcell as well, um, a tackling machine, and can play well on the inside and out, on, in, on the inside and outside, whereas um, Nina's more so an outside runner. I mean, she can play well on the inside too, but I think Purcell specialises in both a bit more. So it just depends... Um, which player they're kind of looking for, but I think those two uh, will probably be in the in the box seat. And obviously, uh, with Maddie nominating for Metro, she's probably going to look likely to go to Carlton, so um, she's probably in the, in the box seat for that. But also um, Tyler Hanks as well. We know how um, successful she's been in the under 18s um, system. She's a she was a Gippsland Power co-captain this year, big country rep, multiple big country rep, and all Australians and all Australian as well. So. Tyler Hanks is one that could do everything. Of course, she's at Carlton, obviously, playing a couple of games in their VFL, VFLW side. And I think in her first game, she was leading disposal getter as well. So she's one that could definitely step it up against those bigger bodies. And Maddie and Tyler are two similar players. And it, it just depends if they're going to go for the one that's affiliated with Carlton or the one that's not, depending on um, what um, Carlton's thinking as well. So there's definitely a couple of players that will go high. And um, there's plenty out here today that I think will definitely get a good look. What about some of the roughies uh, that you think might be selected a little higher than what everyone else thinks? Um, probably for me, I reckon Katie Lynch might be one. I mean, she, I think she only played about four or five games in the Tuck Cup girl season this year. That's because she missed a lot through school footy. Same as Nina last week. A lot of commitments um, with grammar schools, having to have Saturday sports and all things like that. Um, Katie obviously was uh, just um, skimmed into the side for... Um, for Vic Metro, obviously, because of uh, restricted game time this year, but she's had um, she's she's one that can really make an impact straight away. She's a really good. Um, she can play in the midfield. She can roll back to defence. She can play in the ruck, or she can kick some goals up forward. So she's one that can literally play everywhere on the ground. And um, that restricted game time might not hurt her as much as she hoped because she did have a fantastic under 18s carnival as well. Um, but yeah, she's one that could definitely go higher for me. And I think there's a lot of clubs looking at her. I mean, I, I remember when I was at AFLW champs in the Gold Coast, all the AFLW players were asking, who's this girl? Who's this girl? And it was, it was Katie Lynch. They were all asking about her, like, who is she? Because we don't see her that much considering all the games she's missed. And obviously, and, um, cause of injury as well last year, I think she, um, 
she had a serious ankle injury too, so she missed a lot of last year as well. So she's definitely a roughie for me, and she's when she gets going, she's unbelievable. So definitely keep your eyes out for her. And what about someone of the ilk of Madeline Carrick, someone who's spent time on an AFLW list, is good enough, in my opinion, to be on an AFLW list, but do you think she will get picked up by Geelong or someone else? And is there other players in a similar sort of position that are looking for another chance? Oh, I honestly think it's ridiculous if she doesn't get picked up. I mean, the form she's been in lately has been amazing. I mean, she's she was arguably best on ground last week um, in Geelong's win over Collingwood. And even like, even like before, she's, like, she's got a couple of games of 20-plus disposals. And considering in the women's game, in the men's game, it equates to probably about 40-plus. So she's absolutely dominating on all fronts of the game. And it's, um, it's seriously bad if she doesn't get picked up. And I think Geelong's probably in the box seat um, to do so. I think... Probably another one for the Hawks might be Lou Wadden, hopefully um, hoping to get back around into um, AFL into the AFLW scheme. I mean, she's not, I think she's on a Collingwood list um, when they first um, started in the AFLW, and she's had a fantastic year. She's a real uh, spiritual leader for the Hawks on the field, and I think her, her and Meg Hutchins two are the best of friends. So if Meg's got any connections there, she might be able to get her back into Collingwood. And Meg, Meg herself actually could still play, as we've t- as we've spoken about earlier this year, but... Um, yeah, there's plenty of players that could definitely um, put their hand up for a second chance. This is going to be really one of the most exciting drafts we'll ever see because there's just so much talent, so much uh, both up-and-coming and experienced talent coming through. This league has been absolutely beneficial for these girls to really show their stuff, and it's fantastic to see. Your number one draft pick, Julia? Oh, my number one. Probably Nina Morrison at this stage, I'd say. Like I said before, she's won every award she possibly can this year. She's the most exciting player you'll probably see. I mean, she's a hard tackler. She's a brute outside runner. She's just an all-rounder and everything. I mean, I'm pretty sure at school she plays soccer and tennis as well. So she's got skills in everything. Um, she's really humble as well. So I think a lot of play, a lot of coaches like that in the players, the players that have really nice personalities and um, get, don't get too ahead of themselves and everything. She's a really diligent student as well. I mean, in year 12, obviously this year, balancing everything really well and doing well in her studies. I think that's what they both coaches both like the good player and the good person as well. I think Nina's a good mix of both and. Um, I really can't wait to see how it pans out. I mean, she's in the box seat for the number one spot, obviously with Maddie going to Metro, but, you know, it could, it's really up for grabs. It's it's really hard to tell who's going to be number one, so I, I can't wait to see what happens on October 23. And where do we go for all the information regarding the AFLW draft, Julia? So you can head over to aflgraftcentral.com.au. Obviously, I tweet some stuff out on my own articles, so you can follow me on Twitter if you like as well. <laughs> Give myself a little plug of all of that. But um, aflgraftcentral.com.au is the way to go. And obviously, with uh, we also do tack up as well, obviously, with the grand final taking place yesterday. I think Peter Williams did about a 5,000 word preview so an absolute workhorse he is and all of our crew are so we do some hard work and hopefully get around us because we're um, in for a big draft season both of the boys and girls seasons The people in the know afldraftcentral.com.au Before we head to uh, one of our final breaks uh, in the pre-game show I'll whiz around the commentary box who goes number one in the AFLW draft given Prasparkas has nominated only for the Victoria metropolitan area so it means that she won't be going down to Geelong. I always said that Nina Morrison was going to go number one regardless of what Maddie Press Parkers did. Did ya? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did ya? Still listening. <laughs> and that's, that's because as I asked Paul Hood, they have such an emphasis on use of signing up and retaining players that are from that area and that they've taken the time to develop. And I think 
Maddie Pris Parkers, I've played with her and trained with her, and she's an amazing player. Uh, but I think in terms of her rap sheet and what she's achieved, I think Nina Morrison would be just as an equals as candidate as Maddie Pris Parkers has. Plus, she has the added bonus of being down from the Geelong way and is one of those players that has come up through their pathway that they've developed and the same with Olivia Purcell um, I think they they were always the top two picks for Paul Hood and Geelong for the reason that they are local talent um, and Maddie Press Parkers is just everything that Carlton needs at the moment so I think you know all parties should be happy with that outcome. <laughs> oh, the diplomatic Lucy Watkin. Sash, the day where we interviewed uh, Simone Belairs, the yes. women's operations manager at Geelong, she also indicated that there was going to be a focus on local talent, which to me indicated that it wasn't going to be Maddie Prasparkas. Mm. Are you agreeing with Lucy and also Julia that Nina Morrison's going to go number one? Yeah, look, I think that was a pretty big hint um, when we did have that interview, but also... Yeah, to have your local players and someone that's come up through the ranks as well, and she's still so young. I mean, to be at school and to have the, like, to be on that agenda is so exciting, not only for Nina, but also for women's footy in general, because this is like, this is where it's starting to come up where you do have these younger players that are being drafted into professional football. Um, so, yes, I will go with Nina Morrison, mainly because the experts have said so, and I'm, <laughs> you know, I need to really read up more about her, but I have done a little bit of research and from what I've seen I'm very excited for the young gun of course it's EAC Cup best and fairest uh, winning that uh, only a couple of weeks ago uh, Kiwi who do you think's going number one um well please be different <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just I can't do anything yet, but well I, you know you, I, I like the expert's opinion as well. No. Um, look, I think Olivia Purcell is, um, has been outstanding all year. Um, but if she stays out Geelong way, I'm not too sure what she's um, put her hand up for. Um, I think Geelong will be silly not to keep her out there. Um, but yeah, Carlton just need, I think, really to sign someone who's who's ready to go and can make a big difference through the midfield. And if Morrison can do the kind of similar sort of role that Malloy does for Collingwood then, um, you know, she's the prospect that they want to be picking. But, yeah, I just think, you know, for, for Carton to pick themselves up from where they've been on the ladder lately is, you know, they need some quality players to get in there and help drive that ball into um, the talented forward line that they have. Christy Williams? Well, I will be different, and not Thank because you. I'll pick another different number one. You are a bit different. I, I'm very different. <laughs> very, very special comments. Um, I'm, I'm actually excited... The, the top couple are probably locked in, but I'm excited to see what Queensland do in the draft. Mm. Starch has had his fingers in all over Queensland footy for oh, a long time now. And while they've lost some talent, I'm really excited to see where Brisbane can take and then obviously Gold Coast in the future can can take this. I think there's a lot of really good quality footballers in Queensland that are ready to get drafted. And I think... That it might fly under the radar. Obviously, footy in Brisbane generally does to 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 those people in here in Melbourne, but they'll stay under the radar, and that's exactly how they like it. And they've said that for two seasons now, and that'll be the that'll be the sleepers in the in the draft. And that I think Craig, Craig will be sitting there just quietly, pretty happy about seeing all the all the external noise to a few players, and I think he'll be pretty happy with himself. And I'm excited to see where where Queensland footy goes in the draft and how what what roughies they can they can pick up 
Neve, quickly down to you. Who do you think will go number one? Um, I agree. I'm not. I don't have any hot takes. I think <laughs> the evidence is pretty compelling for Nina Morrison. So you know, she ticks the boxes. She's like obviously a very talented athlete. Um, she has a lot of other skills, so she's probably got like a massive ceiling. Um, she's already proved herself on the footy field. Um, she's a local. I think, yeah, she really. I mean, she's been in their system, so she yeah, she's really ticking all the boxes. I will be different uh, because a couple of weeks ago in the elimination final where Geelong played the Northern Territory Thunder saw mm. Olivia Purcell dominate consistently across the four quarters. Morrison had a good game as well, but I just think Port Purcell's just a just a touch above uh, at the moment based on one game, so not an entire season or a tag cup ready season. To go. So obviously they're talking about Nina Morrison's ceiling, but probably Purcell from the look of it this season is. Probably a bit more ready-made for I, AFLW footy. I wonder, though, whether the fact that Purcell's listed as the 23rd player today and mm. Nina Morrison is selected on the normal 22 point. list is just an indication of where they sit in the pecking order or whether Paul Hood's just doing a little bit of foxing uh, <laughs> for the competition. We'll take... Uh, a break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. We'll get our tips and predictions for the grand final, which isn't too far away. About 15 minutes from Bounce Down here at Eddie Head Stadium. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. The Country Footy Show. Hi, it's Adam White joining Paul Daffy every week with all the scores, all the news and most importantly all the great stories around Country Victoria when it comes to bush footy. Port Arlington have struggled in the Ballaroon for a long time but they defeated Geelong Amateurs for the first time ever. Trainer Rod Smith. Is it true? that you were really emotional after the game? Yes, and others were crying. When that siren went, you think, yep, they've finally done it. The Country Footy Show goes up as a podcast every Thursday afternoon at rsn.net.au. It's on your radio at 5am every Friday morning on RSN 927 and replayed at 5pm Fridays on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival in the Melbourne area. Get back to work. But I am working. What, your latest Instagram post? I'm lodging a free dial-before-you-dig inquiry online. This Visit au to use this free service or call 1100 during business hours. This is Jason Bonington. A good horse sets you up for a Saturday at the races. The team rides in every Saturday morning from 10.30. We have got a very, very special guest this morning. We argue over form, talk with a few of the day's stars, and uncover the nuggets that could turn a profit on the punters. Lindsay Park runners over the line. They're probably the stable I'm keenest on. Jason Bonington, Matt Welsh, and the Tabs Nick Quinn rolling right up to the racing on a good horse. 10.30 Saturday mornings on RSN 927. When a safety barrier is hit, it catches you like a net, slows you down, and prevents you from hitting a tree or oncoming traffic. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. RSN 927 rolls out more Victorian trucks news and more Victorian Greyhound news in our new 10 a.m. reports. 10 a.m. Tuesday, the week's Victorian Greyhound news in Off the Leash. Wednesday, the statewide trucks update, one out, one back. And Thursday, the ID18 update as Victoria welcomes back the Inter-Dominion. More trucks. More doggies, part of RSN 927's new 10am reports. Catch them live or later on podcast.
No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. Every week, more than 20 Australian families will hear the words that will change their lives forever. Your child has cancer. For the long and uncertain journey ahead, Red Kite is there with very real help, like hospital and community-based support, vital financial assistance and educational services. Can you help Red Kite support these families through their cancer journey? Visit redkite.org.au or call 1-800-334-771. Got a big game this weekend? Here's where to meet up. The Mail Exchange Hotel, just five minutes walk from Etihad. Ales, wine, superb food and tab terminals. The Mail Exchange Hotel where footy fans meet up. Corner of Burke and Spencer Street City, right opposite the steps at Southern Cross Station. Come and see the bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Check the brilliant range of caravans and campers. New and pre-loved. There's finance to get you on the road. Repairs and service from the experts, including insurance work and an accessory shop with all the essentials, gadgets and extras. Bayswater Jayco really has got it all. All you have to think of is where to go. Bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater. Welcome back to Etihad Stadium for the 2018 VFL Women's Grand Final. The cats are out on the ground. The banner's up for the Hawks. Let's whiz around the commentary box once more to get our tips and predictions for today's game. I'll start with you, Sash. Who do you think will win today, the margin, and our best of field? Oh, oh well, um, I am going with the cats today. I have a feeling that they're going to get just slightly over Hawks. Uh, probably go with about seven point win it's going to be a close one i hope so anyway because that keeps it interesting for everyone here in the commentary box um standout player well i'll keep up my uh, fangirling and i'll turn around and say <laughs> mia ray clifford there you go <laughs> the fans of the back i don't know why i changed my voice but uh, <laughs> you really wondering that <laughs> um that's what she does to me uh Turns me into so this One Direction just came in the back it of the booth or something. Yeah, My goodness. So, yeah, Mia Ray, Cats by seven, please move past me and ask someone else. The uh, all-black supporter in the commentary box, uh, Lisa Kiwi Ropa, who are you tipping by how much and best of field? Look, I would love the Cats to win, but I just think that uh, Hawthorne are going to do it today. I reckon they're going to take it by 12, and I think they're going to exploit the space on the on the flanks, and uh, I think it's going to be Biso who's going to do a lot of the driving of the ball forward. And I think the, the old girls in Lou and Meg Hutchins will um, be a big contributing factor for Hawks as well. Christy? Yeah, I'm going to go for the Hawks as well. I think they've got enough uh, match... Uh, match hard and veterans, like as as we've been mentioning, Hutchins, Watton, uh, etc. So I think Hawthorne are going to win by 17, and I'm going to have Mick Williams as the best on ground. I think she'll be in for a big game. Uh, throwing down to our boundary riders downstairs, both sides now out on the ground. Just before you do, give us your tips. Uh, what's the crowd looking like and the atmosphere as we are about nine minutes away from bounce down? 
Yeah, we were a bit worried at the start. I mean, there was only really one bay that oh, we thought they only opened one up one bay because everyone just kind of flooded to one bay when they came in. But now everyone's kind of spread out, and it's looking like a really healthy crowd. I mean, it's probably the biggest we're going to have this season for the VFLW. And um, yeah, it's looking fantastic at the moment. Obviously, some fireworks when Geelong came out too. So the vibes um, was very exciting down here, and everyone's looking forward to the matchup. All right, who's your tip today, Julia? By how much? Um, I'm probably going to go for Hawks for the Hawks. For- Three points. Ooh, close one. Uh, what about you, Neve? Um, I wanna. I'm gonna go for Geelong today, and I reckon they're gonna win it by eight points. And uh, the best of field, which we should mention too, will win the Lisa Hardiman Medal, uh, one of the awards that were reinstated from the old VWFL Premier Division competition. Uh, who, who's your tip for that? We're just struggling to hear you at the moment, Coxie. We're trying to walk around. So, <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll come back to you in a moment. I'll flick over to Lucy Watkin. Who wins today? By how much? And our Lisa Hardiman medal winner. I think it'll be Geelong who win today. I think the momentum that they've taken from two elimination final wins will carry them through uh, in this grand final. But then, you know, I'm also not immune to saying that they've played too hard for two weeks and they look tired out there against um, Hawks when they're winning um, late up. So I think it'll be a very, very tight grand final. But I do think Geelong will win. And I think, like Julia, I think it'll be a very tight game and I think it'll be less than a goal. I also think it's going to be fairly close. But I think Hawthorne have been too good in the back half of the season. Their last month of footy... They've been incredibly dominant. It's going to come down to the start, and Hawthorne are great starters. Uh, Geelong have worked their way back into games. Uh, flick back to the elimination final a couple of weeks ago where they were trailing the Northern Territory Thunder. were able to build a bit of momentum in the third term. I don't think they're going to be able to do that today. They need a really strong start to get themselves over the line here at Etihad Stadium. And the old, the old stadium does go, Cox. You can't win a grand final in the first quarter. But you can lose a grand final in the first quarter, and that's that's you're in a hole and you don't really get out of it, do you? For uh, well, you just have to look at last year's grand final, first time at well, Etihad la- last Stadium. Last night's game, even yep. between uh, West Coast and Melbourne. Uh, Diamond Creek yep. didn't have a great start, left their run incredibly late. Um, Too so, late, and maybe got <laughs> caught on a hop, considering they also won their way through. Yep from the major semi-final straight into the grand final. So maybe Geelong do have some hope. My best to field today to win the Lisa Hardiman medal. I think it will be Rebecca Beeson has had a incredibly uh, big season in Hawks colours, of course, coming off the back of her time up in Sydney. As the players line up for the national anthem, unfortunately we don't have a direct feed into the acoustics here at Etihad Stadium, (laughs) so we'll take one last break. And on the other side of this, it will be the 2018 VFL Women's Grand Final, Hawthorne hosting Geelong. Another massive week on The Breakfast Club. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, here's a snippet of what we did. Cameron Smith from the Melbourne Storm. Ten prelims now. And how hard is it to control a bit of the emotion? Because, of course, Billy Slater and Ryan Hoffman announcing their retirement. I guess it's going to be quite an emotional week for a lot of the guys, particularly the guys that have been around for a long time. Last game they'll ever play in Melbourne for the Melbourne Storm. So it is a big occasion for it. Aaron Finch is getting ready to wear the baggy green, and we're very excited about that. Oh, absolutely. It's special. I got up here to Brisbane Saturday night for the trip. 
training camp starting today, so I'll peak the day early. <laughs> <laughs> I just really felt like the real excitement of almost being a young kid and getting picked for your first ever time for Australia. So the D is Maxie Gorn. How do you not think about a win away from the big one? I mean, every player says one week at a time, but no player's thinking it. So if there's a massive elephant in the room, that the fact that if you win, you're playing a grand final. But probably from now onwards, it's purely on West Coast, purely on getting the job done, going to Perth as a team again and playing some good footy. Taylor Adams from the Magpies. Was there any discussion within your playing group about perhaps pulling some resources and trying to get Dustin kidnapped? Barmy suggested it. I can't believe you have the Collingwood fans that they're not here. <laughs> Sean Gregg is always honest with us. Now, what is happening with Dusty? I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Haven't you heard this morning? He's going in to get his right leg amputated. That's the, that's the way. I don't think I'll be seeing him in training today. We welcome Adam Kingsley to the program. Go straight to Jack Stephen. Last night he was announced as the best and fairest. Tell us what he's like to work with week to week. The growth in him has been enormous. So the embracing of yeah. wanting to learn about the game, wanting to help his teammates become a real leader in guiding them, instructing them, helping them, working with them. I'm thrilled for him. I think it was a great result. Mitch Wallace re-signed with the Western Bulldogs for a further three years. Feeling the same about Tom Libertore. How big a, a challenge is it to keep Tom at the club? During the year we had a lot of chats, but I think as soon as that last sign rings and we're allowed to go, Tom shoots off to <laughs> we're all, all exotic parts of the world. So I'm up there. there has been too much dialogue between us two. Stuart Clark is a former international test cricketer. Putting a bit more integrity into the Sheffield Shield and, and making that a, a stronger competition. The reason the Australian cricket team was strong and had so many great players like Martin and Langer and Hayden and all those guys running around because the competition was strong and you picked the best players to play for their state. At the moment it's not that, it's a bunch of young guys developing. When they come to play for Australia, they probably aren't as hardened as they used to be back in the day. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. We love a... You're back on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au for the 2018 VFLW Grand Final. Sides are going through their final warm-ups. The goal umpires are heading into position and we will await the toss. Emma Mackey is currently standing in the middle of Etihad Stadium just waiting for... Rebecca Goring to head there as well for the toss of the coin. Of course, we can't talk about the wind or any sort of weather here at Etihad Stadium <laughs> because the roof is shut, which is good considering when we arrived a few hours ago, there was a bit of rain sprinkling outside. And it was absolutely freezing. Yes, thank you, Julia. Um, <laughs> or more specifically, the train network for uh, delaying us getting inside to the warmth. Well, you've got your cheer squads at the end, so I mean, you can think about what, what, when you want to go towards them. I guess that may be the only thing that may uh, affect your, your coin toss strategy, because as we say in New South Wales, tails never fails. Mm. So I'm not sure what the Victorian uh, motto is, but uh... <laughs> there you go, the inside there from Christy Williams. Uh, great to have her back as a part of our broadcast team here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. It's a a full house. We'll quickly, as we do, await for the toss of the coin. A quick shout-out to Katie Lambeski, who unfortunately couldn't be with us today, has done uh, the multiple roles across the season and with us. And one of the founders. Uh, of girlsplayfooty.com, yep. the old, the former girlsplayfooty.com website. Uh, missing you here today, Katie. We know that you've got other commitments today with Green Gully. Toss of the coin just happened and I missed it. Uh, but I do know that Hawthorne <laughs> will be kicking to the Coventry end of Etihad Stadium. 
Not a bad crowd building downstairs. Uh, Neve, Julia, your estimate at the moment for the crowd that's gathered predominantly on level one at the moment? Um, look, I'm shocking at maths, but... <laughs> makes I, two of us. Do you reckon about 2,000, I want to say? 2,000? It's quite a healthy crowd yeah, sitting behind still, the bench. There's still a lot of people milling about um, the concourse and all that, but there's, um, yeah, behind the bench is, like, back to the rafters. There's people the whole way around the yeah, boundary as well, yeah. There's enough people here to hopefully get some body heat going because it's a bit cold on the boundary, <laughs> but just got to be grateful we have a roof. Um, counting my blessings. Very great. Not getting ahead of myself. Oh. But, um, yeah, a lot of Hawthorne supporters. I'd like to say that um, while the male hawk mascot shook our hands, the female hawk mascot ignored us completely. <laughs> so take it from that what you will. Take us away, Lucy so- Watkin. Watton wins the tap down straight into the arms of Julia Crockett Gills. Her clearance straight to Phoebe McWilliams who finds Beeson. She pops it on the outside of the boot, but the intercept mark is taken on the last line of defence by Pierce. Who quickly brings it towards the broadcast side. A mark is taken by Maddie McMahon between centre wing and half back, railway side of Etihad Stadium. The handball was a little astray and causes a stoppage sitting over the top of it is Danielle Orr. A reminder for those just tuning in, we are on the opposite side of the normal broadcast position here at Etihad Stadium today along the railway side, the Southern Cross Station side of the ground. As a handball comes out to Crockett Grills, her kick smothered, ball paddled around, Emma Mackey fighting in for the ball. The umpire should come in here and ball it up, and it will. It's been a hurried start to the game, Sash. Yes, it has. um, Lots of stoppages and lots of ruck work by Wharton. Watton tapped down, couldn't be taken cleanly, but it's found the hounds of Julia Crockett Gills. Her clearance once again almost found McWilliams, but she couldn't take the ball cleanly. Blake away for Geelong gets the handball out, but the ball's in dispute. It's taken again by Crockett Grills, who gets the ball inside 50, looking for Luke, but it's taken by Pierce. She gets the handball out to Teague. She ran away without it. And she's been wrapped up. So we'll have a ball inside 50, 45 metres from the Hawks' goal. Kicking to the Coventry end of Etihad Stadium in this opening term. We're a minute and a half into it here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Cranston chasing oh, after the footy oh, is dragged to ground. The umpire calling play on Geelong under a fair bit of pressure. Luke fed the handball out to Crocker Grills. But it bounces through for a minor score to get us underway here at Etihad Stadium. One of our match analysts today is Lisa Roper. Yeah, this is a good start with um, Hawthorne taking the ball on four. There's a little bit of physicality in there and uh, they're hard to get a good clean possession and set up some good plays. Goring took the kick out. She was looking for Pierce, but she was spoiled by Tani Nessa of the Hawks. The ball's handballed along the ground, made it out to Gilda, who got the handball to McWilliams, to Perkins, around the body. She snaps but it's away to the right. So it's the second point in about 30 seconds for Hawthorne. They've done a really good job to lock it into their forward line so far. So the Cats to bring the ball back into play. Two and a half minutes into the first term on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. Kerrick takes the mark. Back pocket out of side for the Cats. Pops it down the long the line but it's turned over Mark is taken by Michaelia Can. just outside attacking 50, dockside of the ground ball to ground 
Mackey went this way and that. Her handball intercepted by Goring, who kicks it up to Maddie Boyd. Just outside attacking 50. She'll look to go towards the centre wing. Mia A. Clifford was waiting out the back. Didn't reach her. Van Dyke got a quick kick away towards half forward where the Cats take another intercept and kick it back towards Derby. A lot of brown and gold, though, on the centre wing. Dock side of the ground. Clifford trying to smack it in front of herself. Ivy diving on top of the footy. The umpire says, give it to me. I will ball it up just in front of the interchange. Bench downstairs on boundary. Julia Montesano, your early impressions on the game. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at a couple of the matchups early on. Uh, we see uh, Beck Goring is playing uh, pretty close to Sarah Perkins um, early on. Obviously, Perkins can be dominating once she gets the footy. And Chantella Pereira's got the job with Maddie Boyd today. Maddie Boyd took seven contested marks last week, so it'll be interesting to see how Pereira goes about it. The clearance went the way of Geelong, but it got intercepted by Hawker Hutchins in the middle of the ground. Her kick inside 50 and a great contested mark by McWilliams. Just inside the 50-metre arc. She goes inside looking for Luke, who takes the mark. She's almost directly in front, 10 metres out. She'll go back. She's going to take a shot on goal, hopefully for Hawthorne's first. It's definitely going to back herself in here. It's been a hot start by the Hawks. She puts the kick on its way, and it's straight through the middle. It's Tamara Luke with the first goal of the game for the Hawthorne, the first goal of the VFLW Grand Final. Impressions, Sash Doherty and Lisa Roper. Yeah, the Hawks were pressing up in their forward line there and creating strong pressure, um, which then, you know, creates the play that allows someone like Tamara Luke to get that contested mark. But also Sarah Perkins is having a really good uh, first five minutes out there. So quick stats, what's uh, making the early numbers, Christy Williams? Well, obviously the clearances, three clearances already and four marks inside 50 after five inside 50 entries. Very efficient. Just gone five minutes in the opening term. And the Hawks have all the score. 1-2-8 on the scoreboard. Ball being pushed towards the railway side of Etihad Stadium. Cats with possession. They flick it out. Cranston was under pressure. Flicked it over the top to Fogus, who tries to pop it up towards half forward. Watton standing in the way. Trapped the ball in. It's fed out the back of the contest. Hutchins hovering. Couldn't lay the tackle. Geelong kicker towards half forward. Mia Ray Clifford now applying the pressure. Ball to the deck. Carroll... Now applying the pressure over the top. Clifford trying to extract it. Will be unable to, and the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Just outside, attacking 50. Our broadcast side of the ground here at Etihad Stadium today, which is the railway Southern Cross Station side of the ground. Morrison, heavy bump. Still fighting for it. Somehow fed the handball out to McMahon. Inside 50, searching for Boyd. Couldn't take the mark. Hawthorne with numbers. Ebb is wrapped up, cleaned up. And the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Their first entry inside attacking 50 for the Cats, who are no score. Hawks by eight points, six and a half minutes in. Darby's come into the ruck for Geelong, but the ball taken by Mackie of Hawthorne. She gets the clearance. It was a bit of a hit and hope. Carol couldn't get the tap on for her player. They're running through. There's no one can get clean hands. Hand pass from Fedlay was taken by Carol. It was back to Mackie, and she was wrapped up in a strong tackle. I've noticed early a lot of attention has been getting given to... It's been getting given, good English, um, to Pepper Randall of Hawthorne, receiving a lot of um, attention from the, Hawth- the Geelong forwards. So there'll be a holding free kick the way of the Hawks to Julia Crockett-Grills. Inside defensive 50... 
she'll look to go towards the multi bridge side of the ground. We're using all sorts of expressions here today at Idiot <laughs> Stadium as the ball comes to the deck. Mackie again fighting in for it. Ivy couldn't get a clean handball away. It's a hot footy on the half forward flank out of side for the Cats. Bobbling footy. Crockett Grills has been impressive early for Hawthorne. She's wrapped up, taken into the turf. Neve, there's a lot of pressure out on the field at the moment. Yeah, definitely. There was a bit of argy-bargy going on at one of the stoppages as well. So, obviously, um, a very important game for all of the girls here. Cranston, she got the clearance and it's in 5.50 in a dangerous position for Geelong. But Pereira for Hawthorne has done well. Paddled it out in front of her. Couldn't get the clearance. But Ebb, dangerous kick going back the way it came, but it was into space and luckily Van Dyke can pick it up for Hawthorne. Her kick onto the outer wing was taken just inside the boundary by Ali McDonald. She's going to go long up the wind looking for Mackie who launched and was given away and in the back free. She tried to do a bit too much there. That was a bit ambitious. Emma Mackie and has given away the free that will go to Anna Teague of Geelong. Not a bad attempt though. <laughs> There's a bit of feeling out there at the moment between these two sides, as you'd expect in a grand final. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Corner of the centre square, dock side of the ground, attacking side of it for Geelong. Ball to the deck, Hawthorne paddling it out, into the hands of Dylan, up and under kick, into vacant space, centre wing out of side, bouncing ball close to the interchange bench. Boundary umpire says we crossed it. Our match analyst today, Sasha Doherty. Oh, back to me. I was hoping <laughs> Kiwi would tell me something new, but no, um, Mackie's launch, I'm just still getting over that. I hope that we see some more action. And for it to actually land in the hand as well. <laughs> well, yeah, that would, be a, that would be a bonus at the end of the day, wouldn't it? Stevens won the tap down for Geelong, only as far as Beeson for Hawthorne. Danielle Orr comes in, but she was wrapped up in a very strong tackle by Jade Van Dyke, which was deemed a high tackle. So it'll be a free, the way of Geelong. Orr plays on, goes backwards to Woollett. She gets the handball back, Danielle Orr, and sends it inside 50. Big pack, a lot of players fly, but no one can take the mark. Rosie Dillon and Hutchins... Wrap up for, for Deadlay for Geelong, and there'll be another ball up inside 50 for Geelong. As Derby got thrown out of the contest, we'll get a free kick. Just outside attacking 50, Geelong searching for their first score as we approach the halfway point of the opening. Tyree oh. Clifford takes the mark, top of the goal square. Great contested mark. Uh, I'll go to the fangirl up the back, Sash Doherty. That's my girl. Uh, no, wonderfully got a body in position there in front. And, I mean, if you're in front, you're always, hopefully, going to get that contested mark. And she's right out the front, so let's hope she gets this in. Slight angle, Mia Ray Clifford searching for Long's first score. Ten and a half minutes into the opening term. And she sprayed it Ooh. right. Minor score for the Cats to get us... To get themselves underway in this opening term, a bad miss there from Mia Ray Clifford there, Lisa. Yeah, I hope she hasn't done a uh, re-wall where he missed a couple and uh, Tiger's never made it back, so let's... Well, you've jinxed, well, you've jinxed her now. There we go, out on the floor. <laughs> there we go. It's oh, technicality, there's uh, Hawks being jinxed now. <laughs> so we've had two mistakes in a row, and so Derby will take the oh. free kick for an out-of-bounds. Cranston couldn't hold on to the mark. 
and Danielle Orr was wrapped up by Steph Carroll of the Hawks. So it'll be a throw-up about 20 metres from the Geelong goal. It's directly in front. Watton won the tap down to Kerrick. It finds its way to Derby. She couldn't take the kick and Mireille Clifford got the kick away but not far enough. It was picked off by Pereira who sent it long looking for Hutchins. She was spoiled by Morrison and Morrison's done a really good job to take it to the boundary there. So you've got the youngster versus the veteran there, and she stood up in just, that little contest. Just about to say, Julia, there's an insight into the up-and-coming talents of the <laughs> AFLW. Yeah, even the little thing she did before um, earlier in the corner where she just balled through about three or four players and still got the ball out, that was absolutely sensational. So you only just see glimpses of Nina here today. She's going to be a star. Dylan, quick kick away. Geelong have been able to trap it inside there attacking area of the ground. It's shuffled to Cranston, who tries to get it to Morrison, keeps the ball in front of herself, spins her way out of trouble, got the handball over the top. All wrapped up. Or now flicking the ball out. Here's Morrison again, up and under kick towards the goal square. Boyd sitting underneath it. Pereira came in with the fist from the side. Hawthorne with numbers. Sibley under all sorts of pressure. The umpire says holding the footy, and Geelong will get a free kick. Just outside the goal square, and it is Maddie Boyd lining up for goal. Slightly worse than a 45-degree angle. She didn't make her mind up, did she? She no. thought, I need to rush it, and then she panicked and chucked it in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie Boyd comes in. She stabs at it as well, but the goal umpire did not move, and the Cats get their first major at the 12-and-a-half-minute mark of the opening term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio they're 117, trailing the Hawks 128. Our match analyst today, Lisa Roper. Yeah, at the beginning of the game, some of you may not have seen it, but Mia Ray set one of the Hawks girls on a behind rather yeah, forcefully. Yeah, Pepper Rand- Pepper Randall. Was it yeah. Pepper, yeah. was it? Yeah. yeah. Which um, I don't think you do that very easily on Pepper at any point of the game. So maybe it rattled herself a little bit and um, she's just going to get some steady feet now. So Purcell, she got the clearance for Geelong for Deadlay, oh. tapped it down to Cranston. She oh. popped it on the left boot, just going long. It was tapped away by Ebb of Hawthorne. She put it into the path of Pereira, but she was taken out of the contest by Geelong. Virtual, she popped it on the right boot with a snap around the body, looking for Cranston again. She couldn't take the mark. Purcell to Orr. She's wrapped oh. up by Danielle Orr, and that will definitely be holding the ball. Great pressure from Danielle Pereira of Hawthorne. She just flew into it. Yeah. <laughs> she dove into it. <laughs> Sensational. Pereira, back pocket. Goes wide with oh. a kick. Oh, stamping her authority on that contest there. Tamara Luke. Goes along with the kick towards centre wing. McWilliams flew. Couldn't bring it in. Ball to ground. Geelong trying to paddle it out. Centre wing out of side here at Etihad Stadium. High ball back towards the half forward flank. For the Cats, ball off hands, Hawthorne under pressure, Luke clearing kick once again, back towards the centre wing, off hands, Hawthorne dispossessed, the umpire calls play on, ended up in the hands of Nixon, puts it perfectly into the centre of Etihad Stadium where the mark is taken by the skipper, Emma Mackey. So Mackey, she wheeled and goed, looking for Perkins, who got the beautiful tap to Tani Nesta, but she was quickly beset upon by a lot of Geelong players who got it back, but Emerson Woods, who was lucky not to get cold holding the ball before, lay the strong tackle on Rebecca Pierce of Geelong. So we'll have a throw in. McMahon for Geelong won the tap down. 
only as far as Phoebe McWilliams, who will get the right boot snap. It's bouncing. Oh. And it's hit the post. So Phoebe McWilliams scores her second behind of the game. It's 1-3-9 Hawthorne to 1-1-7 Geelong. 15 minutes gone in this first quarter. On LRSN Carnival Digital Radio. Goring goes wide with the kick. It's okay into the back pocket. Geelong with possession of the footy. Going down the dockside of Etihad Stadium. Ball came off hands though to Michaelia Can Sends it back inside attacking 50 for Hawthorne. Through the fingertips of Emerson Woods. The 23rd player for the Hawks. It's straight to the deck. And the umpire he's letting it go. And finally says give it to me. I will ball it up. Perkins getting off the bottom of the contest. Of course she is one of the players out there that does have a premiership medallion at home after winning it with Adelaide in the inaugural season of the AFLW as we'll get another stoppage inside attacking 50. It just seems to have evened up in the last 5-10 minutes, Sash. It has, yeah. They're playing um, very similarly at the moment but um, also just the strength of Hawks at the moment seems to be just edging out over the Cats. So the contest was won out by Geelong who got it out Goring, her handball looking fatigue. She could, she overran the footy and there'll be a decision going the way of Geelong for holding. The kick looking for Purcell was not taken but it's intercepted by Pereira and Matty Boyd has come up a bit sore. Pepper Randall sends it inside oh. 50, and that is an excellent mark taken by Emily Gilder inside 50 for Hawthorne. It's a great kick by Pepper Randall as well. Just put it on her chest. She's going to go short, looking for Perkins. The kick wasn't great, though. Goring cleaned it up, but it was a big tackle from Perkins. Hutchins, she comes in to clean Ooh. up, pops it on the right boot, and it's gone straight into the hands of Maddie McMahon. Things don't look good down there for Sarah Perkins. No, Neve and Julia, did you get a look at that? Unfortunately, they're um, playing the game on the opposite wing to us, <laughs> but I did see her kind of... I thought she was trying to pull down Goring, but then she fell down herself, so not really sure what happened there. I wonder whether it was just a little jab to say I'm here. As the ball goes out wide for the Cats, it dribbles over the boundary line and out of play. <laughs> we won't get that. Ball in. <laughs> Between centre wing and half forward, outer side of Etihad Stadium, which is the Dockland side for us today. As it's tossed back in, Watton won it down to Beeson to Crockett Grills. Handball over the top into the hands of Rosie Dillon. Goes inside, attacking 50 with the kick. McWilliams bearing down. Tries to trap the ball in front of herself. It spills free. Geelong under immense pressure inside defensive 50. Perkins lays on a great tackle. The umpire hovering. What's he going to do? He says, give it to me. I will ball it up. How are the stats looking? Have they evened up like the game has early on, Christy? Geez, that's two stoppage clearances in a row to Hawthorne and then two inside 50s in a row. McMahon won the tap down and roved it herself. Only as far as Teague, who's been wrapped up in a very strong tackle. She was dealt with afterwards. And it's rolled over the boundary line. So we'll have a boundary throw in inside 50 for Hawthorne. I think it's fair to say whoever did do that little jab on Perkins may have just poked the bear. (laughs) (laughs) Luke wins the tap down. Straight to the hands of Woods. It finds itself to Beeson. Her hand pass off to Claire O'Donnell. She got the high up and under kick and the 
mark wasn't taken. It's all wrapped up in the right forward pocket for Hawthorne, and we'll have another throw it, throw up. So inside attacking 50 for the Hawks. Under a minute left on the clock in the opening term. A two-point advantage to Hawthorne, and they're deep inside attacking 50. McWilliams pushing it towards the boundary line. Kerrick there in support. Keeps it in play for Geelong. High up and under kick towards half back. Laying the tackle on was Orr. Spills out though for the Hawks. They work it by hand to Nixon who sends it back inside attacking 50. Bouncing ball under pressure McMahon. Flicks the kick back outside defensive 50 for the Cats. They can't take clean possession of it. Sibley under pressure. Lost control of the footy. Cats with numbers. Sitting over the top of it was Courtney Stevens. The ball spills free. We're in the middle of Etihad Stadium. And the umpire says, give it to me. I will ball it up. As we tick down towards quarter time, it is a two-point advantage the way of Hawthorne. They go in to the first change, 1-3-9. The Cats, 1-1-7. Our goal kickers, please. Lucy, no, you don't have a pen. So our goal kickers <laughs> today. <laughs> well, Matty Carrick kicked one. He kicked the first one. It was Tamara Luke. Tamara Luke. <laughs> and Matty Boyd, I think you'll find. Uh, Matty Boyd, yeah. Oh, yes. Not Madeline Carrick. We'll take a break to find a pen for uh, Lucy here on RSN Carnival <laughs> Digital Radio. It is the Hawks by two points at quarter time. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. It's the heart of Craigieburn where you can play golf all day and dine seven days and nights. Where you can catch live music, have a punt at the tab, earn Sporty's reward points and watch every game of footy. Craigieburn Sporting Club, where it's always by the people, for the people. Behind bathroom tiles. Under vinyl floor covering and carpets. You might not know it, but homes built or renovated before 1987 may contain asbestos. In cement sheeting, corrugated roofing, almost anywhere. So if you're renovating or doing a bit of DIY and you don't know the dangers, you could be risking your own and your family's lives. Is it my turn, Dad? Are you playing renovation roulette? Find out at asbestosawareness.com.au Nadia Horn and RSN 927's winners The winners team provides you with informative and engaging form analysis Mondays, Matt Welsh reviews Saturday's racing Tuesdays, Warren Huntley and Rob Nicholson with Flemington and Caulfield track work reports Wednesdays, Dean Lester and Warren Huntley with the midweek preview and every day the tab will take us through the big market changes Winners Weekday mornings from 10.30 On RSN 927 Thanks to tab, we love a bit Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average, 13,500 printer cartridges were collected every working day. And they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org. This is Jason Bonington. A good horse sets you up for a Saturday at the races. 
yourself a good whore. The team rides in every Saturday morning from 10.30. We have got a very, very special guest this morning. We argue over form, talk with a few of the day's stars, and uncover the nuggets that could turn a profit on the punt. Lindsay Park runners over the line. They're probably their stable. I'm keenest on. Jason Bonington, Matt Welsh, and the Tabs Nick Quinn rolling right up to the racing on a good horse. 10.30 Saturday mornings on RSN 927. It's Adam Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. Welcome back to RSN Carnival Digital Radio's coverage of the 2018 BFL Women's Grand Final. Our attention just turning to the scoreboard there as they played some of the highlights from the 2018 season. From With the stats from the opening term, here's Christy Williams. Well, Mentioned in the pre-game how contested footy and contested marking wins wins games at finals footy, and we've seen five contested marks to Hawthorne in the first quarter to just one for Geelong, and that's that's almost come out from the turnovers as well. Geelong's turned it over four times, and that's because of Hawthorne's ability if they can't con- take the contested mark, obviously bring it to ground, and that's that's really the tail of the tape at the moment, isn't it? Hawthorne are just standing up. Um, even even in that wave of ball that they got in their back defensive 50, they still stood up, stayed calm, and oh, they just have to mo- maintain this kind of control over the game, and that's what will help them win. I turn to uh, the back row here at Etihad Stadium. I just don't think either side has taken responsibility of the game. We said off the start that it, you need a good start here today, and whilst Hawthorne have been fairly dominant when it comes to the, the stats. They haven't been as dominant as what they would have liked on the scoreboard kicking one goal, three. No, plenty of opportunity as well. Um, I feel like Perkins is having an almost... She's almost done this, almost done that, but also having some smart... Like, if she isn't getting to the ball, she's tapping it or handballing it to the ground so it goes under the player and out. So let's um, hopefully they'll get it together and the quarter-time chat help them. Lucy Watkin to get us underway for the second term. Big second quarter coming our way with McMahon winning the tap down. She got it uh, attacking towards their goal and it found Mackie of Hawthorne. Her kick, though, was found Beeson and she was wrapped up immediately by the Geelong player in Madeline Kerrick. Secondary stoppage just near the centre finds Maddie Kerrick. She pops it on the left. Big, long, penetrating kick through the arms of Pepper Randall of Hawthorne. Jade Van Dyke mops up, but her handball was intercepted. Nina Morrison couldn't take the handball cleanly, and so we'll have another ball up after Maddie Boyd was taken in a tackle by Ebony Nixon. Just inside, attacking at 50 for Geelong. Rosie Dillon soccers off the ground. Out towards the broadcast wing. Hutchins pops it on the right boot up the wing looking for McWilliams, but she was pushed underneath it in the defender of Anna Teague. She's punched it over the boundary line, centre of the ground. 
into the hands of Neve Felton down on uh, the boundary <laughs> line. Uh, we'll get a report from the two huddles from you two shortly as you settle yourselves after the big gallop across uh, the ground. It was quite entertaining from the commentary box as Cranston goes long with the kick towards Boyd, punched out of her hands by Pereira, who has a job on her today by the looks of things. Boyd went back in after it, extracts it, kicks it inside, attacking 50 for the Cats. Fell at the shins of Mia Ray Clifford, got the handball out, searching for Morrison. Wasn't able to take it cleanly. Boyd mopping up, gets it back to Morrison, who's fumbled it. Tackle now laid on by Crockett Grills. Ball spills free. Cats with numbers just outside attacking 50. They send it in board on the deck in dispute. Hawthorne with the numbers around the contest. Nixon trying to extract it for them. The umpire says, give it to me. I will ball it up. A report from the Hawthorne huddle from our boundary rider. Yes, I was out at the Hawthorne huddle. And, uh, Paddy, Paddy Hill, what he said at the start was pretty much what he did. He just was a support crew today. So he just got around to every every midfield group, back group, and forward group. Just gave, some, gave them some words of encouragement. Uh, he gave a big tick to the mids. He thought that did really the game well. But um, he just asked them to do that ferocity you know, on the contest and really attack the footy hard and approach the ball rather than wait for it. So the ball has not moved very far from the last time we called, but Ebony Nixon was pushed off a kick by Woolett of Geelong, and it's been wrapped up just outside 50 for Geelong. Play didn't go anywhere after that stoppage, so we'll do it all again. McMahon won the tap. Kerrick, she picks it up, pops it on the left, gets it inside 50. It goes through the hands of Pereira to Nixon, who does a defensive handball back to Sibley. She tries to tap it on to Ebb, but she was taken down by Morrison, picked up by Mangan. Her handball didn't go anywhere. Nixon with the underground handball out to Van Dyke, who found the dangerous Dylan. Her oh, kick, however, what a mark. was intercepted, and it was a great mark by Maddie Kerrick. Just outside attacking 50. Railway side of Etihad Stadium, which is our broadcast side today. The kick isn't great. The mark taken by Tamara Luke. She'll go towards the outer side of the field. Searching out there for Rebecca Beeson. Takes it under pressure. Pops it up and a good mark taken on the outer side by O'Donnell. And she's off for a sprint. Takes a bounce. A wobbly torpedo towards half forward. Won't pay off. Goring getting back for the Cats. Flicks the handball out. And the Cats are able to reprieve defensive 50. They take the mark. Centre wing, outer side. Birchall with her hands on the footy. Goes down along the boundary line. Contest, ball off hands. Boyd hovering for the Cats. Beeson going in after it for the Hawthorne. It spills free to Kate Darby for Geelong. Gets it towards half forward. Pressure though applied by the Hawks. And they'll win the free kick from the tackle. And there's a Geelong player looking fairly crook after that contest. Since chip short, Hawthorne have a mark. Defensive side of the outer wing. Dock side of Etihad Stadium. They'll track backwards. Van Dyke takes the mark and she goes across the face of goal. They work it towards the broadcast side where Meg Hutchins takes the mark. So a great switch there from Hawthorne, Hutchins. She looks to continue with the switch, finds Carol on the wing. She's looking for Woods right near the boundary line, but Blakeway takes a very strong mark for Geelong and cuts it off. She goes inboard, but that's cut off by Emma Mackey, 
very strong contested mark over Jordan Ivy of Geelong. Not quite the launch she attempted earlier, but still a strong <laughs> mark. She sends it up the wing. McWilliams! Well, that, that was a huge that, back mark. That was pretty close to the mark you just <laughs> talked about. <laughs> Phoebe McWilliams. Three cats. Couldn't stop her from marking that one. She sends the ball long. She's looking for Perkins. No one touched it at all. Flanagan for Hawthorne. She puts the chase on and she lay the tackle on Pierce of Geelong. And so we'll have a ball up inside 50 for Hawthorne now. Just quickly, Neve, what was the report from the Geelong huddle at quarter time? Yeah, Paul Hood was really calm and he was just saying that they're, he thinks they're implementing their method. Um, he was saying to them, particularly if you see a one-on-one deep in the forward, that's what they want to hit. So if you're looking downfield and you see that um, a Cats player's got a one-on-one matchup, um, make sure you're kicking it uh, down to them. Seven contested marks to two now to Hawthorne. So we'll get a boundary throw in right underneath our broadcast position here at Etihad Stadium. Luke just swallowed it, sends it to Perkins, top of the goal square, slipped through her fingers, under pressure now is Anna Teague taken high. And a free kick will go the way of the Cats. Anna Teague at the top of the defensive goal square, looks to take it towards the outer side of Etihad Stadium. High ball. Off hands, Derby couldn't take clean possession, fight it for it. Good English, Matthew, as the ball back inside attacking 50 and the mark is taken by Elise Coventry. Coventry taking her time inside 50 for Geelong. will go up the wing looking for Derby. She was spoiled by her own player and Boyd. Pereira was able to get the quick kick away to Crockett Grills and she'll send it to the hot spot looking for McWilliams. What a mark. Good position. And those... Eh? Those hands. Textbook positioning, yeah. You'd be happy if you were a forward coach, wouldn't you, Lisa? <laughs> yeah, you would. She uh, she read that well. She um, got in early to the back of the defender and then attacked the ball in front of her. So. And she almost got under it, but her mm. hands are so good. They just stuck. Mm. She just... Geez, you'd love, her, you'd love her fielding in the slips. She wouldn't drop anything. <laughs> so she's only 10 metres out, a little bit of an angle, sends it on its way. Oh, no. And it's <laughs> faded. the same spot. Across the face of goal. Oh, yeah. So three behinds for Phoebe McWilliams now in this game. Guys, sorry to butt in down here. Um, Danielle Law from Geelong is just the one that was a bit groggy from before. Um, she's just off on the boundary line at the moment, getting a bit of work done on her hips. So she's looking a bit in pain, and hopefully she can come back on because that'll be a big loss for the Cats. The kick back into play is good. Blakeway takes the mark. Back pocket. Underneath our broadcast position today. High ball towards... Half back for the Cats. Hawthorne will get another entry inside, attacking 50 through Can. Oh, Blakeway, strong grab. That's a good contested mark from Blakeway in the back pocket. Our broadcast side today goes in the Boyd direction, just fisted it behind there. Morrison with the clean takeaway. The handball was cut off. Under pressure now, the Hawks get it to Hutchins. Quick handball inside, attacking 50. Donald gets it across to Can, who goes long towards the top of the goal square. McWilliams got punched out of her hands. Ball over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in inside attacking 50. Hawthorne again working their way into the term, Sash. Yeah, pushing it forward, keeping it in there. But Morrison was not going to be stopped regardless of what was happening then. Just kept going, going, going until that stoppage. It's a beautiful one-handed pickup from her as well. Missed both the Ruckmans, the throw-in. The tap away from Geelong found Pierce. 
She was beset upon by Michaelia Can, And the ball's not going anywhere. So we'll have another throw up left half forward for Geelong. Perkins, the tap to other Ruckman and Stevens, who got the clearing kick away. Only as far as Nesta, who kicked towards the wing. It was a great kick. Found Jade Van Dyke. I should say, I'm not sure if it was the intended target, but it ended up being a great kick. Oh. Who sent forward. That was a great And who? McWilliams taking another contested mark. She looks inboard, trying to find the Hawthorne player all on their own. It was got away by Woollett. Her handball was a hospital hand pass. So there was no clear potential. Possession taken. Cranston sees it over the boundary <laughs> line with Emma Mackey, but there was appeal for a high tackle there as well. well the umpires put their whistle away a bit in the last couple of minutes. <laughs> boundary throw in. Forward pocket for Hawthorne. They lead 1-4-10. Geelong 1-1-7. 10 gone. Second term. RSN Carnival. Perkins. Cute little tap out the back. Cranston overran it. Geelong with numbers, though. Unable to take clean possession for it. Mackie now with the footy. Oh, gives it to oh, Perkins. Spirals one away, but it's well off target. Out on the full. Free kick to go the way of Geelong. And to take it will be Jamie Woolett. Back pocket out of side for the Cats, who haven't added to their quarter time score. They'll go short. Mark taken by Amy McDonald. Top of the defensive goal square for the Cats. She'll chip it across to the broadcast pocket. We're taking the mark now is Anna Teague. Just maintaining possession of the footy. This is a risky kick. Fell into the hands of Mick Williams. Gave the handball off to Can. Centering ball is good to Olivia Flanagan. Again, you'd be happy with that forward movement if you're a forward coach, Lisa. Yeah, um, this one read the cue really well from from the boundary. The kick that was intercepted and then she started to lead early. And, and she practically free. got on the red carpet as well. <laughs> she had a mile of space no in front of her. her. But also that switch from Geelong. Switching is great, but only if you move it quick enough. And long enough. And long enough that <laughs> you have the space. Hawthorne did at the other end about yeah. five minutes ago. As Flanagan comes in directly in front, 40 metres out from goal. It will fall oh. short. Perkins tried to gobble it up, was unable to. Dribbles over the scoreline for a behind. Hawthorne moved to 1-5-11. Cats 1-1-7. They're under we're, siege at the moment, aren't they? We're approaching 12 minutes in the second term on RSN Carnival. Beck Goring take the kick in, but it was a horrible kick <laughs> that Flanagan should have taken. She didn't take the mark, but all the pressure around the ball has led it into the arms of Michaela Can. Her kick was smothered to Hutchins. She pops it on the right boot and will be a behind. So they're just peppering and peppering and peppering at the goals. Hawthorne. Woolett with the quick kick in for Geelong. Again, it had to be spoiled by the Geelong player because Emma Mackey was about to cut it off. McWilliams, she's been huge this quarter, gets a handball out to O'Donnell. O'Donnell was swung around by Morrison. The kick away by Blakeway, she was cleaned up late by Mackey. Nesta has found it at centre-half forward. Her kick to Mackey. She pops it on the outside of the right boot and it goes through for a goal. Emma Mackey. Sash, I think it was you who said earlier you wanted to see her lead from the front as, as captain. And that's about the strut to and just turn around and banana on the it. Outside of the boot as well. But not only that, <laughs> I swore I just saw a copper boot in the face about yeah. 30 seconds prior to that. So to have the stamina to get up and have the vision to just chuck it on the boot. They're in real trouble, Geelong. What do they say? Captain's goal? I think that yep. was it. Real trouble. 
Their exits outside defensive 50 at the moment remind me of Melbourne University two years ago in the grand final where they just couldn't get it out, couldn't hit a target. Hawthorne moving forward again. Cut off at half back by Blakeway. Handball to Morrison, gets it further afield. Ivy with a bit of movement, centre wing on the broadcast side. Gets it into the hands there of Fedeli who goes very short didn't go inside attacking 50 Ivy now takes a long ball over the top of the contest waiting out oh the dear. pack though guess who the gatekeeper Meg Hutchins takes the mark and switches play with a long oh. booming kick to the outer side Hawthorne with numbers Watton now takes the mark Watton she received the kick from Flanagan and got it out to Beeson she sent it long to Tamara Luke up the line this is good quick movement from oh, oh. the Hawks the handball that was trying to find Mackie was dropped, but she still got the football. Teague dropped the mark inside 50 for Geelong. Gilda for Hawthorne was being held, but did not get the free kick. The handball to Kerrick finds Blakeway. Gilda tackles her. Kerrick, she gets the ball again and pops it on the left up the line. Pereira almost cut it off, but Mireille Cliff- Clifford cleaned up. She got the handball away to Mangan. She took a bounce, but was beset upon by the Hawthorne player in McDonald. Same with Federley. Mireille Clifford, she's tackled as well. And we found a free click kick just to ease. He could have the found about five there. free kicks. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty noisy down there, uh, Neve and Julia. Yeah, the crowd's absolutely going bonkers. Ball everywhere, ball. And they could have literally called a ball for each of those probably four or five tackles in that play. So at least they called one. Let's get play on. <laughs> such a long work into the centre wing. It's Ooh. trouble having Neve and Julia down on the boundary line. McWilliams. No, she won't take the free kick. So Hawthorne have it attacking side of the outer wing. It's in the hands of Luke. Stabs Ooh. it short. Won't pay off. Kerrick takes the intercept. Ball spills free. Boyd couldn't take it cleanly. It's paddled out, not to the advantage of the Cats. And we should get a ball up. No, ball is extracted. Quickly over the top. Hawthorne trying to pressure it forward through Crockett Grills. Still on the deck in dispute. Scrappy stuff just outside, attacking at 50 on the outer side. 2-6-18 Hawthorne leading Geelong 1-1-7. We've travelled almost 16 minutes in the second term here on RSN Carnival. McMahon won the tap down but it finds Ally McDonald of Hawthorne. She is wrapped up by Rochelle Cranston. She was not getting anywhere after that tackle from Rochelle Cranston. She's lucky it wasn't called ball. <laughs> they really aren't called yeah. really ball at the moment, are they? So we'll have a ball up. Right half forward for the Hawks. The tap down was won by Rebecca Beeson. She got the defensive handball back to McDonald. Her kick was smothered by Birchall and it was roved by Cranston. She kicks the ball towards half forward for Geelong. The tap went out the back. It's picked up by Federley. Her bounce was not a good one. Jade Van Dyke was there to apply the pressure. Well, that's holding the ball. She'll be awarded for holding the ball. Surely. She will. It's unfortunate. It was. Sometimes you have too much space, too much time. Hawthorne switch it towards the broadcast side of Etihad Stadium. They've got well, a heap of land off half back, navigating their way through traffic. They kick it down the line and O'Donnell takes the mark. Centre wing. 
She goes further afield to Michaelia Can. Just fell short of her. Cats under a heap of pressure. Morrison in trouble. Got the handball away in time. They're able to work it clear here. The Cats through McDonald. High ball towards the attacking side of the broadcast wing for them. Taken here is Ebb with ball in possession. We'll get a ball out. Quickly a shout out to Lucy Race who's uh, enjoying herself up in North Queensland by the uh, looks of Twitter. Glad to have you listening to us here on RSN at Carnival Digital Radio. We oh, hope that you weather would be call. nice, wouldn't it? I was just about to say, I wouldn't <laughs> mind changing spots, but it's nice and warm here in the commentary box as Beeson got the handball to Randall. A quick kick away, bouncing ball, centre wing, broadcast side. Off hands, Geelong. Flick it in ball to Morrison, who's been absolutely everywhere for Geelong. They get it to Kerrick, who flicks the ball down along the boundary line. And they have possession of the footy through... Uh, yes, thank you, Lucy. That's all right. <laughs> Birchall's kick was a good one. Boyd thought she'd taken the mark, but Pereira spoiled her. The ball made it way down to Trevine. She pickpocketed the ball off Boyd. Oh, they found a free and kick. It's unbelievable. free kick for Hawthorne. Going the way of Kim Ebb. I think she was taken high by Mia Ray Clifford. She switches the oh play. No. It's a very dangerous kick. Jamie Woollett of Geelong stuck out her leg instead of, <laughs> instead of trying to mark or punch the ball away. So the ball's back in dispute in the right forward pocket for Hawthorne. Jade Van Dyke standing over the contest waiting for the ball to come out. Just it, over gee, a minute that, on the clock. That could have been a big moment for Geelong just there. Yeah. Minute on the clock. Geelong need a goal. Yeah, they do. The Hawks are fired up, but there's composure required by both teams at the moment. It's all over the place. Yeah. There's just bodies flying everywhere. <laughs> just grabbing onto onto your opposition player whenever you can, really, <laughs> from every roller, side. Roller derby versus footy at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so the throw in at right half forward for Hawthorne. Tapped by McMahon. Tapped away by Cranston. Only to Julia Crockett-Gills, who throws it on the boot. Up the wing, only as far as Woollett for Geelong, but she couldn't take the mark. She's wrapped up in a tackle by Tamara Luke. They're wanting holding the ball, but the umpire says no. We'll just have a throw in. 20 seconds to go in this second quarter. Hawthorne leading 2 6 18, Geelong 1 1 7. Ball's going to be pushed out of play. No, bounced awkwardly, stays in. Cats through Morrison. Kicks it down along the boundary line. High ball, two-on-one, favouring Hawthorne. Hutchins doubling back, supporting her was Carroll, who's taken. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up as the siren sounds for half-time here at Etihad Stadium. Hawthorne go into the main change, 2-6-18, Geelong 1-1-7. This time, I'm going to Lucy Watkin for the goal kickers because you've found a pen. Got a pen. Got the goal kickers. For, Jill, for Hawthorne, it's been Emma Mackey and Tamara Luke with their two goals. And for Geelong, Maddie Boyd has just the one. Geelong not scoring in that third term, Sash. No, a um, bit disappointing because there was a couple of opportunities. But um, for me, the Hawks just dominated that particular quarter. Um, they switched the ball quite often. Um, again, though, Perkins is having almost goals, almost marks. Uh, but you look at McWilliams and Mackey, they're having a great game at the moment. Lisa, your 
thoughts on the first half of footy? Was it as you expected to unfold? Uh, yeah, I think it was. You know, Geelong are grinding away and they're applying a lot of defensive pressure. And as soon as Hawks get the ball, they exploit that space on the outside and move it forward and they're looking really tidy. Um, for me, I think um, Emma Mackey's having the game that coaches hope their captains will have. I think she's stood tall and she's laid a phenomenal amount of um, defensive pressure and tackles and then popped up and taken key marks or um, spoils and then got the goal, um, the only goal of that quarter, but a really important time to be scoring too. So, yeah, I think Emma Mackey's having the game that... Um, all coaches want captains to have, especially in grand finals. Julia, a standout performer so far is Nina Morrison, has been absolutely in the thick of things. Oh, hasn't she been fantastic? Like I said, that outside <laughs> run has been absolutely... She's been dominating everything. I mean, getting the ball on the outside, that speed, especially on the boundary, I think near us, she absolutely blew me away. I see her up close and in the flesh about how far she is. And, you know, just that little 1% as well, just chasing down players and um, just getting her hands up at the contest. She's uh, really getting uh, in and under the footage is certainly a really handy inclusion for this match because they definitely need her if the Cats are to get the lead on the Hawks. And Neva, the crowd's still going bonkers as they were halfway through that second term. Yeah, look, I've got to say this quietly because they're sitting right behind me, but Hawthorne supporters are as bad as Richmond supporters and they can't tell what ball is. If you dispose of it correctly, it's not ball. If you don't have prior opportunity, it's not ball. It's not that difficult to figure out. But um, that being said, glad they're here. Glad the crowd's come in. I mean... You know, I've got a bit of a chip on my shoulder about Hawthorne, but I think it is we good to have tell. that. Yeah, I know. I'm really going to hide. You're about it, to have um, a literal chip on your shoulder yeah, yeah, yeah. by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, if they could, I can smell the hot chips. So if they do throw them at me, I'll be more than grateful. But um, I think it's nice to have such a big club like Hawthorne um, in the VFOW because it does bring big, healthy crowds, um, which is really nice. So. Thanks to them. <laughs> so, yeah, we gave a shout-out to Lucy Race before, and I think now is the time to give an apology. As a very passionate Hawk supporter, we are we can't control what our boundary boundary writers say oh. sometimes, Lucy. <laughs> uh, we apologise. Hey, there are, uh, there are exceptions to every rule. I even have some Collingwood supporters as friends. I don't discriminate. <laughs> Comments are from Neve Felton and do not reflect the remainder of the broadcast team here on RSN. <laughs> Carnival Digital Radio inserting that disclaimer. Quickly, before we go, to the halftime break. Christy Williams, some of the key stats from the her- first half of footy. Oh, well, the stats, stats don't always tell the story, but in this case, they certainly are. The, the turnovers are really, they're really hurting Geelong. Um, but the main thing is the contested marks, once again, and the inside 50 count. They're pretty similar inside 50 count. There's only, only minus one Geelong, but it's seven inside 50 marks to Hawthorne and just one for Geelong. So, given... Given women can't kick as far, if you can't mark it inside 50, you won't be kicking any goals. And if that trend continues, this game could get very messy, very fast for Geelong because they are lucky they're not behind by more on the scoreboard, to be brutally honest. Their only saving grace, I think, for them at the moment is that their second halves throughout the final series have been fairly strong. So whether that will play into their hands, we await to see. At halftime here at Etihad Stadium in the 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final, it is Hawthorne 2-6-18, leading Geelong 1-1-7. 
You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Got a big game this weekend? Here's where to meet up. The Mail Exchange Hotel, just five minutes walk from Etihad. Ales, wine, superb food and tab terminals. The Mail Exchange Hotel where footy fans meet up. Corner of Burke and Spencer Street City, right opposite the steps at Southern Cross Station. Children drown in portable pools every year in Australia. Others are hospitalised because of non-fatal drowning incidents. Young children can easily topple in and drowning is silent and happens quickly. Royal Life Saving and Consumer Affairs Agencies across Australia are reminding people to take important safety steps like active supervision of kids in and around portable pools. The question is, can you make it safe? For more information and simple safety tips, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash make it safe. You can talk with Father Gerard Dowling. Welcome to the Family Counselor Program. It's great to be with you wherever you are. We all need a helping hand. It's always great to come in here, spend these two hours with you as you listen. And a friendly voice is just a phone call away. It ends on the line. Hi, Jerry. The Family Counselor Program. We all need someone to talk to. Sunday nights from 10. Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. On RSN 927. Presented by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Five-year-old Mia and her pregnant mother became homeless after fleeing her violent father. With nowhere to go, they sheltered in a cold garage and slept on an old couch. Mission Australia helped them find a safe home before the baby arrived, restored their dignity and gave them hope for the future. Over 17,000 Australian children will be homeless tonight. Help families escape homelessness. Please donate today. Visit missionaustralia.com.au The Country Footy Show. Hi, it's Adam White joining Paul Daffy every week with all the scores, all the news and most importantly all the great stories around country Victoria when it comes to bush footy. Port Arlington have struggled in the Ballaroon for a long time but they defeated Geelong Amateurs for the first time ever. Trainer Rod Smith. Is it true that you were really emotional after the game? Yes, then others were crying. So when that story went, you think, yep, they've finally done it. The Country Footy Show goes up as a podcast every Thursday afternoon at rsn.net.au. It's on your radio at 5am every Friday morning on RSN 927 and replayed at 5pm Fridays on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival in the Melbourne area. The heart of Craigieburn, where you can play golf all day and dine seven days and nights. Where you can catch live music, have a punt at the tab, earn Sporty's reward points and watch every game of footy. Craigieburn Sporting Club, where it's always by the people, for the people. When a safety barrier is hit, it catches you like a net, slows you down and prevents you from hitting a tree or oncoming traffic. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Another massive week on The Breakfast Club. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, here's a snippet of what we did. Cameron Smith from the Melbourne Storm. Ten prelims now. And how hard is it to control a bit of the emotion? Because, of course, Billy Slater and Ryan Hoffman announcing their retirement. I guess it's going to be quite an emotional week for a lot of the guys, particularly the guys that have been around for a long time. Last game they'll ever play in Melbourne for the Melbourne Storm. So it is a big occasion for us. Aaron Finch is getting ready to wear the baggy green, and we're very excited about that. Oh, absolutely. It's special. I got up here to Brisbane Saturday night for the 
training camp starting today, so I'll peak the day early. <laughs> <laughs> I just really felt like the real excitement of almost being a young kid and getting picked for your first ever time for Australia. So the D is Maxi Gorn. How do you not think about a win away from the big one? I mean, every player says one week of time, but no player's thinking it. So there's a massive elephant in the room that the fact that if you win, you're playing a grand final. But probably from now onwards, it's purely on West Coast, purely on getting the job done, going to Perth as a team again and playing some good footy. Taylor Adams from the Magpies. Was there any discussion within your playing group about perhaps pulling some resources and trying to get Dustin kidnapped? Barmy suggested it. I can't believe you have the Collingwood fans at that idea. <laughs> Sean Grigg is always honest with us. Now, what is happening with Dusty? I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Haven't you heard this morning? He's going in to get his right leg amputated. That's the latest. I don't think I'll be seeing him in training today. We welcome Adam Kingsley to the program. Go straight to Jack Stephen. Last night he was announced as the best and fairest. Tell us what he's like to work with week to week. The growth in him has been enormous. So the embracing of yeah. wanting to learn about the game, wanting to help his teammates become a real leader in guiding them, instructing them, helping them, working with them. I'm thrilled for him. I think it was a great result. Mitch Wallace re-signed with the Western Bulldogs for a further three years. Feeling the same about Tom Libertore. How big a challenge is it to keep Tom at the club? During the year we had a lot of chats, but I think as soon as that last siren rings and we're allowed to go, Tom shoots off to... <laughs> Stuart Clark is a former international test cricketer. Putting a bit more integrity into the Sheffield Shield and, and making that a, a stronger competition. The reason the Australian cricket team was strong and had so many great players like Martin and Langer and Hayden and all those guys running around because the competition was strong and you picked the best players to play for their state. At the moment it's not that, it's a bunch of young guys developing. When they come to play for Australia, they probably aren't as hardened as they used to be back in the day. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. We love a bet. Nadia Horn and RSN 927's winners. The winners team provides you with informative and engaging form analysis. Mondays, Matt Welsh reviews Saturday's racing. Tuesdays, Warren Huntley and Rob Nicholson with Flemington and Caulfield Trekwork reports. Wednesdays, Dean Lester and Warren Huntley with a midweek preview. And every day, the table take us through the big market changes. Winners. Weekday mornings from 10.30. On RSN 927. Thanks to tab. We love a bet. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. Welcome back to Etihad Stadium for the VFLW Grand Final between Hawthorne and Geelong. The teams are back out on the field, ready to go for the second half, and it's the Hawks 2-6-18, leading the Cats 1-1-7 so far in this game. Sash Doherty and Lisa Roper would like your thoughts on what Geelong have to do now to get back into this game. Uh, well, from my perspective, they need to get into it. They seem to be a bit quiet. Um, not the Geelong side we've seen in the last few games, especially not the ones that have won against the top four sides. Um, look, I will go back to the forward line. I don't... Like, there was a couple of opportunities there, but there was no one in that forward 50 because they've all pushed up downfield to try and help out their defence line because it seems to be that's where it's all happening at the moment. Um, so, therefore, when they do get a run on um, and their pressure's on, you know, there is that awful, unfortunate bounce where it went the wrong way and there was no one to kick down to. So, hopefully, they can get a bit more composure and a bit more structure because it seems like they were all over the place in that last um, 10 minutes. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this is this quarter is a quarter that Geelong can step up and they've proved it before in the semi-final. They did the same. Um, but I think what they're doing is they've just got to reduce their turnovers. Mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of possession, but they're just not nailing the hand passing and the kicking and their um, 
just got to got to hit targets. It's a grand final. Yeah. So eight eight turnovers in just that quarter alone, which is a quite alarming statistics. Eight turnovers from Geelong, twelve in total, and just three to Hawthorne. And I mean, if you don't have the football and you can't control it when you do have it, you can't give yourself a chance to win a game of footy. And that's, I mean, on the flip side of that, Hawthorne then took eighteen marks in that quarter to nine. For, for Geelong so uh, in, in female footy marks are very very important given you can't take and you know kick a good 60 metres ahead so I don't know how they can improve that but not turning it over as Kiwi mentioned would be a would be a good start From the bench Neve and Julia what do both sides need to do just quickly before we get this second half underway Oh, we just wanted to mention that the VFLW team uh, for Geelong tweeted that Maddie Carrick and Nina Morrison are the highest disposal getters for Geelong, and we just wanted to point out that we both brought them up before the game. Um, so this is the kind of quality uh, boundary riding you're getting. Um, I mean, I was saying earlier as well in the game that if Phoebe McWilliams or, and or Sarah Perkins were getting over three marks each, then Geelong would be in trouble, and McWilliams, by my count, Christy might have something different, um, is that McWilliams has four marks. So I think um, John just have to make sure that she's not getting off the leash too much. And I think we mentioned it as well, making sure that um, the turnovers have been pretty bad. <laughs> to get us underway for the second half, here's Lucy Watkin. From the restart, Tamara Luke won the tap down. Purcell's after it, but it was socketed off the ground by Emma Mackey. Went about 10 metres, still inside the centre square. We'll still, and we'll have a throw up. So just inching towards the Geelong goal at the moment. Tap down, one by Luke, one by Crockett Grills. She was stripped of it after a tackle from Kerrick. McMahon shoved it on the boot. Boyd, she tapped it, tried to pick it up, but Mia Ray Clifford took it off her. It was taken by Sibley, and she was wrapped up immediately by Mia Ray Clifford. So we'll have a ball up inside 50 for Geelong. About 30 from their goal. Clearance won by Rebecca Beeson, and she's kicked it towards the boundary line, but it will hold up. Kim Ebb keeps it in play, and Morrison harassing Meg Hutchins to guide the ball over the boundary line. A minute into the third quarter here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app, and rsn.net.au. The 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. Crockett Grills got dumped (laughs) off the contest. Mackie bollocking her way through. Release the handball. Hutchins just out of her grasp. Ball stays in play. Purcell kicks it in. Board the mark. Taken by Hannah Birchall. Slight angle about 30 metres out. Lisa Roper. Yeah, this is a good start for uh, Geelong, and I think if she um, puts her through the big sticks, this is going to change the game a little bit, and I think you'll see Geelong move the ball a bit more freer. Hannah Birchall lining up about a 45-degree angle, kicking to the locket end of Etihad Stadium in this third quarter. Comes in, right foot kick on its way, is pushed to the left-hand side. That was close. And a minor score. Their first since the opening term, the Cats. They move to 1-2-8. Trailing Hawthorne, 2-6-18. Two minutes in to the th- uh, third term on RSN Carnival. A pretty ordinary kick from Sibley. Still worked out okay. Oh. Van Dyke puts it towards 
half back with a bit of an e massage. He's taken by <laughs> Ebony Nixon. Ebony's not afraid to give it back as well, so she <laughs> gave McMahon the little push as she got up. She sends the ball up the wing, looking for Luke, who couldn't take it. Boyd of Geelong roved the ball, her handball, to Olivia Purcell was slapped away. It's gone over the boundary line, but Purcell looking a bit sore off the contest. But we'll have a throw in. I think there'll be a lot of sore bows tomorrow morning. <laughs> Just at right half forward for Geelong. The tap was one down by Beeson. She couldn't get the kick away. And Michaelia Khan was thrown off the ball by Jamie Woolett. She'll quickly take it and go up looking for McWilliams, who was double teamed by the Geelong players and was spoiled out over the line. Just on the outside broadcast, and all the players would gather on the logo she's a, throw in. She's having a dominant game, Phoebe McWilliams-Sash, but she's just been unable to convert up forward so far. Yeah, yeah, tough at the moment. Hopefully he can convert this quarter. Cats release Birchall, centre wing out of side. Took a few on oh. and a high ball inside 50. Just through the grasp oh. of Geelong, who's intercepted. That, that was uh, or Mia Ray Clifford. Had her hands on the footy momentarily. Goes to ground. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. They almost clicked there, Geelong. All unable to take it cleanly. Forgot Mia Rayleigh if was playing there for a second. <laughs> Haven't seen her for a while. <laughs> back underway. Coming through is Purcell. Flick the handball backwards. Hurry kick from Derby. Went straight into traffic. And the umpire says, give it to me, I will pull it up. Jade Van Dyke laying on the tackle. Inside attacking 50 for the Cats there. 1-2-8. Trailing the Hawks by 10 points. Four and a half minutes into the third term. Oh, and the Cats an interesting call. have a free kick going the way of Kate Darby. Describe it for us, Sash. Oh. oh, look, it was a good elbow in the back. But oh, I think that's... Darby really, really ed- uh, made that happen. Did it, did it well. No, um, she put a bit of mayo on that. A bit of nomination soft. for an Oscar coming up for old Darbs, I reckon. So Kate Darby, 45 degree angle. Will kick the ball from about 30 metres out. Goal umpire moves a long way to the left. And again, another missed opportunity for the Cats. Potentially a little bit of justice. Well, one three nine <laughs> plays 2 6 18. Five gone third term on RSN Carnival. That's three. You think about those three goals they really should have kicked, mm. and this they would be leading right now. Sibley got the kick to the pocket to Van Dyke, and she went short again and found Ebb. She goes short once more to Rosie Dillon. And oh, she no. shanks the kick, and it's gone out of bounds on the full. Nina Morrison, the closest player to it for Geelong, will take the ball. She sends it inside 50, looking for Mary Clifford. Darby threw in from the side, but she couldn't take it. Pereira tapped it out to Van Dyke of Hawthorne. She got the hurried kick away to Hutchins. The veteran taking the mark on the 50 line. She'll go up long up the wing. It's a good kick. Went through the hands of Rebecca Goring. Perkins, she picked it up. Her kick into the centre was almost taken by Birchall, but she was wrapped up immediately by Nesta. Nesta tried to run away, but couldn't. Purcell, she popped it on her boot. The ball fell out the back. It's in the hands of Orr. And when she tried to change direction, she was wrapped up by Jade Van Dyke. So it'll be a free kick going Hawthorne's way to the rising star, Jade Van Dyke, deep in defensive 50. 
And she'll go even deeper with a kick. Back to Pepper Randall. The last line of defence goes wide with a kick. Hawthorne just losing a little bit of their composure at the moment. Boyd applying the tackle on half forward out of side for the Cats. Causes the stoppage and will get a ball up. They seem a bit more switched on Neve and Julia just at the moment, the Cats. Yeah, and I think a move I just wanted to point out as well. Um, Meg Hutch has actually gone up to the wing to play on Lena Morrison. So a really defensive role for Hutch to really shut down Morrison's run. Um, Hutch is playing as a spare in the, um, the first half as we saw, but she's gone to match with Morrison to just um, curb her influence there. As Mackie was all wrapped up, we'll get a ball up, half forward flank. Cranston hovering off the contest. Geelong are trying to feed it out. It's intercepted. Nesta had it momentarily, lost control of it. Hot footy, half forward flank, out of sight. Cats, high ball, centering ball. Derby couldn't take it. Coming through now, Sibley for Hawthorne. Fired the handball to Can. It was intercepted by the Cats, who have a quick kick. Oh. To directly in front, 30 metres out, where Danielle Orr takes the mark on a slight angle, Lisa Roper. Well, you know, like I was just watching Danielle and I think um, she's had a few possessions and looked half a pace, or half a second off pace with um, her decision making. So um, it's no decision to be made here, just kick it straight. Orr comes in. Beautiful kick. And she's pushed it to the right. One four ten now Geelong. Still trailing Hawthorne. Two six eighteen. Eight gone in the third term. They're controlling momentum at the moment, Geelong, but not impacting the scoreboard. Or did get that tough contest from Nixon earlier as well. Sibley's kick was intercepted, finds itself into the hands of Trevine. She couldn't get clean possession, so it's taken back for Hawthorne. Pereira cuts through traffic, gets the kick away, looking for Hutchins. It won't bounce kindly for her, and it'll find Nina Morrison. She thought she was being held, but she powered through and got the hand oh, pass to oh. Mangan. Mangan, she was wrapped up in a tackle by Rebecca Beeson, and so she'll get the resulting kick for holding the ball. She goes out wide, finds Hutchins on the wing. She's looking at her options. She's slowing down the play. She goes along up the line looking for Luke. It went through the hands of Stevens. Luke roved but was taken in the tackle. So we'll have a throw in. Broadcast railway side of the ground here. Center wing. Hear the crowd just faintly barracking for their teams as Beeson. She got the kick away, but it was intercepted by Rebecca Pierce of Geelong. On halfback, railway side of Etihad Stadium. Long kick, almost okay. Just through the hands of Boyd. Ball still in play, was momentarily, and now it's shuffled out of bounds. We will throw it in, centre wing on the broadcast side. Some of the stats from the opening 10 minutes of this term. Christy, the standing out? Oh, Geelong, just getting their hands on the ball, have now taken two marks inside 50, and they Jake just one for the whole rest of the game. Ball tossed back into play. Hawks get it to Beeson, who kicks it around the corner, and then a couple of bounces over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Geelong seem to have stepped up the pressure in this third term session. Yeah, it has been all Geelong, but no reward at the moment with the behinds um, as we noted before, yeah, they could have been ahead by now and it would have been worth it for all the hard work they're doing. 
Watton got a fingertip to it. Cats, though, win the clearance. High ball towards centre wing. Hutchins came in from the side with the fist and brought the ball to ground. Derby, though, waiting on the outside. Kicks it cutely around her body. The umpire says, throw it in. I think he had a little think about it there. A little possession, Gator. (laughs) 2-6-18 Hawthorne leading the Cats. 1-4-10. We're 11 minutes into the third term on RSN Carnival. Tap was won by Watton to Kerrick, who shrugged off the tackle to get the kick towards Maddie Boyd. She didn't take it, but Mira Clifford's in pursuit. She's going to go towards goal from the boundary line, but the kick didn't get the bend that she was after. Nixon, she mops up for Hawthorne in the last line of defence, gets the kick away. McDonald of Hawthorne almost spoiled her own player in the kick. We'll find the boundary on the outer side of Eddie Had Stadium for a throw in at half back for Hawthorne. So plenty of chances for Geelong this quarter. They haven't made the most of it so far. It's throw in. Tapped down by Watton. Goes out the back. Carrick was thrown off the ball as Michaela can. Couldn't get the kick away. It ends up in the hands of McDonald. Hawthorne, but she was stripped of the ball. The kick went through three players' hands inside 50 for Geelong. They're in pursuit of it in the right forward pocket. Boyd got the toe poke to Federley, who was wrapped up immediately by Carroll. So it'll be a ball up, left forward pocket inside 50 for Geelong. Their intent seems to be a lot better this term, Kiwi. For Geelong? Yes. Yeah, this is um, this is the quarter that they tend to stand up a little bit and um, become a bit more into the game. And they just got to get some points on the ball for, mm. for Re- all this effort, though. Reward for effort. Ball just outside, attacking 50 on the outer side. Blakeway in a bit of trouble. Got the handball away in time. And now Morrison with her hands on the footy once more. Long probing kick oh. inside 50. Oh. Off hands. Pereira steals it. Gets it across to Carroll. Kicks it straight up the guts. No one home except for the hoops. Geelong have it in the middle of Etihad Stadium. Back into the hands of Morrison. A looping handball long to Derby. Tried to get it back to Morrison who got a shove in the back. Free kick to go the way of the Cats. 55 metres out from goal. Broadcast side or railway side here at Etihad Stadium. 13 gone. Third term. 1-4-10 Geelong plays 2-6-18 Hawthorne. Long Old. kick inside 50 and a free kick will go the way of Geelong. Oh, she just put it down. That's a 50, isn't it? Oh. 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 She got away oh, with that. that, Jade Van Dyke. <laughs> so it's in the hands of Mia Ray Clifford. Oh, jeez, that's lucky. That is very lucky. Shumpine's being all over the place today. 45 degree angle, 30 metres out. Wouldn't have thought she'd have the legs from here. But you never know. There's no wind coming from behind her. Roof closed at Eddie Head Stadium. Mia Ray Clifford comes in. A little stutter. The kick. It's going left again. Maybe there is a bit of wind out there. Minus score. 1-5-11. You've been kind there, Cossie. Geelong. Hawthorne. 2-6-18. Just helping the uh, fangirl up the back. <laughs> oh, look, I would have loved to have seen Mia get those two goals. But um, unfortunately, it's not her day at the moment. And that was their 20th inside 50 now, Geelong. So they actually have five more inside 50s than Hawthorne for all of Hawthorne's dominance in that first half. Four scoring shots to zero in this third term, all behind so far for the Cats. 
And we did see in their first quarter last week against Collingwood, they had six shots at goal and only one goal to show for it in that quarter. They came out on winners that day, so hopefully it's just a pattern they like to follow. Hutchins, she got the ball from Sibley at half full, at half back, sorry. She played on, ran around Mangan. The kick wasn't great though, and was spoiled by Rebecca Pierce. Emerson Woods couldn't stop it from going over the boundary line, so we'll have a throw in, centre wing. Steve and Julia Broadcast almost getting side. another possession down on the boundary. <laughs> Get some air time. Hello. <laughs> oh, we're on the big screen. <laughs> Tap down was taken by Stephen. She got the kick looking for Boyd, but it was cut off by Pereira of Hawthorne. Pereira stabs the kick short looking for Carol. Carol takes the mark. She's on the boundary. She's looking to her inboard but decides to go up the line where Rebecca Beeson has found a bit of space. She wheels and goes and sends it up the line as well. But a great mark taken by Rebecca Beeson who plays on immediately and was poleaxed by Phoebe McWilliams. Her kick taken by Boyd. She pops it on the left looking for Darby who was in the back position. Couldn't take the mark. Fedele, she laid a great tackle on Ebony Nixon of Hawthorne and they've held it up. Just inside 50. Darby to contest in the ruck against Luke of Hawthorne. She gets the tap down. Kerrick, she couldn't run away with it. She tries to barge through. But Tamara Luke wraps her up. But 16 minutes gone in this third quarter. Hawks still lead by seven points. Tamara with the tap down to Crockett Gills, whose kick was smothered. Bit of a hit and hope by Kerrick, went over the head of Pereira and Boyd. And the whistle's been blown quickly for another ball up. Deep inside, attacking 50 for Geelong. It's been a quarter of promise that hasn't really delivered on the scoreboard for them at the moment. Ebb that's taken into the turf. In fact, it's Mackie that's being held up. The umpire said ball it up. No, check that again. Crockett grills. <laughs> You're a long way yeah, up. Alright, Colty, she's my favourite. <laughs> Treat her good. <laughs> Sorry, Julia. Ball up. In the forward pocket. Broadcast side for the Cats. Carol is slung into the turf. And the umpire says, give it to me. I will ball it up yet again. Three minutes left on the clock. Third quarter. 1-5-11 Geelong. 2-6-18 Hawthorne who clear it. Morrison, did she shove it in the back? No, the umpire... Says the mark is taken by Kim Ebb anyway. Fantastic tap down and clearance there. That's exactly what you want from your back half. Dust inside defensive oh. 50. The umpire, as Ebb played on, has awarded a 50-metre penalty because Morrison's made her first blemish of the afternoon by encroaching the mark. It's one of those things in finals, isn't it? You want to be really enthusiastic and it's too easy. It's such a big penalty to pay, particularly in female footy. So Ebb, she goes towards the wing. Her target, Beeson, takes the mark. She's got Hutchins as an option if she wants it, but she decides to play on and she doesn't quite get around Morrison, but still got the handball away to Hutchins, who got it back to Ebb, who was then wrapped up by Morrison as well. Some great work from the youngster. Beeson, she puts it inside 50 looking for Phoebe McWilliams, and it's another contested mark for Phoebe. She looks towards the hot spot, looking for Perkins. 
who can't take it. She gets the second bite. She throws it on the boot and she kicks a goal. That hurts. That is a bit of a dagger for Geelong. They've wasted their opportunities all afternoon and so composure. far. And that was composure, and that wasn't was composure, it? That yeah. was a hard. That was a hard chance, but she she stood up and she seized the moment, and it's a difference in the game, isn't it? If anyone's going to stand up and seize the moment, it's always <laughs> going to be Sarah Perkins. She wants to, as doesn't well. she? And that's what you want from players. You want them to get excited and stand up for it. And as we see the replay on the big screen, I think it's safe to say Phoebe Williams has stood up and seized the moment there. Exactly. Ball back in the middle. Geelong need a goal. Less than a minute left on the clock in the third term. As the ball is all wrapped up, the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. In the middle of Etihad Stadium, the umpire puts it back underway. Kerrick feeds the ball out, searching for Morrison, intercepted by Perkins, bustling her way through, spilt the pill. Umpire says, play on. High ball towards half forward. Went through the hands of Ebb. Out the back though, Pereira. Mopping up, gets it to Randall. High ball towards the centre wing, broadcast side. Two on one favours Geelong. Will it under a heap of pressures, driven into the turf. And the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Attacking side of the broadcast wing for the Hawks. They'll enter three-quarter time with a very handy lead. After Geelong have had a term of wasted opportunities, Morrison tried to flick it out. Siren sounds for three-quarter time here in the 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. 3-6-24 Hawthorne. Leading Geelong 1-5-11. That term on the score sheet, four behinds for the Cats. One scoring opportunity for Hawthorne, and it was a major. Our goal kickers, please, Lucy Wonka. We've got singles for Emma Mackey, Tamara Luke, and Sarah Perkins for the Hawks, and just the one goal to Geelong through Maddie Boyd. Hawthorne have one hand on the Premiership Cup. We'll take a break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and be back with the final term of the 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids, and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars, and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. talk with Father Gerard Dowling. Welcome to the Family Counselor Program. It's great to be with you wherever you are. We all need a helping hand. It's always great to come in here, spend these two hours with you as you listen. And a friendly voice is just a phone call away. Ian's on the line. Hi, Gerard. The Family Counselor Program. We all need someone to talk to. Sunday nights from 10. On RSN 927. Presented by Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. When a safety barrier is hit, it catches you like a net, slows you down and prevents you from hitting a tree or oncoming traffic. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. 
It's the heart of Craigieburn, where you can play golf all day and dine seven days and nights. Where you can catch live music, have a punt at the tab, earn Sporty's reward points and watch every game of footy. Craigieburn Sporting Club, where it's always by the people, for the people. This is Jason Bonington. A good horse sets you up for a Saturday at the race. The team rides in every Saturday morning from 10.30. We have got a very, very special guest this morning. We argue over form, talk with a few of the day's stars and uncover the nuggets that could turn a profit on the punt. Lindsay Park runners over the line. They're probably their stable. I'm keen to start. Jason Bonington, Matt Welsh and the Tabs Nick Quinn rolling right up to the racing on a good horse. 10.30 Saturday mornings on RSN 927. And you are listening to RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Final term of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's is about to get underway. Prior to that, we'll get some stats from Christy Williams. A dominant term from Geelong, but they weren't able to get conversion on the scoreboard. And that's what finals is all about, isn't it? It's taking the most of your opportunities. I mean, we're just talking on air that Geelong had nine inside 50s that quarter to just two for Hawthorne. Yet Hawthorne kicked the only goal of the game and, as we said, made the most of their opportunities. And that's what finals footy is all about. That's why we love finals footy. Those big moments like uh, Tex taking the, I don't know, a bit of a grubber. She kind of just just willed it through the goals. And, I mean, I guess the other thing to point out from that, though, while Geelong pumped the ball in a lot, Hawthorne actually took 15 marks in that quarter to just four for Geelong. So you can see that that haphazard way that they go into the forward line isn't helping their... I mean, Mia Ray Clifford's opportunity was hard, yes, but she's kicking as opposed to kicking straight out in front like Phoebe McWilliams is always leading straight into the hot spots. And I mean, they should have taken their chances, but if the ball use going forward was better, it would be easier to take their chances. So it's it's hard to see them turning it around based on what we've seen so far and Hawthorne will just want to keep that just keep chipping it around keep keep marking it and 39 marks to 18 is quite an astounding statistic in a mm. in a grand final Sash if you're Paul Hood what's your instruction to the group um, I'd be saying you know it's not that the the ball's not getting down there as we saw it was dominating most of that part of the quarter but um the forwards need to lead. They need to get in front and they need to remain yep. strong. They're, you know, they're getting the opportunities, but they're just not getting involved. Like, oh, it was so close and then wrapped up again and again. Um, the pressure by the Hawks kept them going. Um, and then obviously, Darby and me, they do get the ball. They're just not converting. So it's just one of those days for the forward line. So from the restart, McMahon, she got the tap down, but Rosie Dillon for Hawthorne, she couldn't pick it up and she was barreled down by Madeline Carrick. So we'll have another throw in, throw up, my apologies. Just at the edge of the centre square on the attacking side for DeLong. Tap down, went the way of Carrick again. She couldn't pick it up and she's lying on her back as if something's gone wrong here. But there'll only be a throw up again. McMahon, she won the tap down to Crockett Grills, but before she could kick it, she was beset upon by McMahon and Olivia Purcell. So it's just been four throw-ups so far this fourth quarter. It's very contested. Carrick, she got a kick away to... 
Mangan, her kick went inside 50 and didn't find a target. Luke, she was trying to get it outside 50, but she couldn't find a target. So it's been wrapped up on right half forward for Geelong. So it looks like they're, they're attacking early for Geelong. Kiwi, if you were Paddy Hill, what's your instruction to the group coming into this final term? Um, I just say stay in the contest and um, keep your composure. The, the Hawks have applied a lot of pressure and um, were patient and um, then executed well and their one chance they had a goal. Geelong will send the ball inside 50 through Coventry. Just came off hands. Clifford fighting hard for it. Was unable to take it cleanly though and the umpire says we will ball it out. Quick shout out to Brian Barish who's tuning in all the way from the United States. Uh, says that Rebecca Pierce for the Cats, a former New York Magpies player taking part in today's VFLW Grand Final here at Etihad Stadium. The media manager for the USAFL, of course, for those that don't know. Just beat me to the punch there, Christy. (laughs) Make sure you're following the American BT on Twitter as Morrison got the handball, the kick. Not as penetrating as what she would have liked, seeing it over the line and out of play there is... Pereira, our boundary riders went out to the huddle at three-quarter time. What were their instructions to both groups? Yes, yeah, so I went down um, to the Hawthorne huddle and um, more Paddy Hill's instructions. A more, sort of, it's a more sort of an inspirational speech. He just said his main quote that I got out of it was, no risks, no heroes. So just don't take any risks, don't take any, no individual efforts, and it's all about heart and character as well in this term. He said um, making sure that you start with one-on-one matchups to start off the term, and if they need to make some changes, I'll start ah! runners out, but they're confident. Oh, sorry to cut you off there, Julia, That's but right. Kate Darby has taken an excellent contested mark directly in front. One-on-one. For Geelong, <laughs> one-on-one. <laughs> McMahon, she cut off a kick trying to clear the 50 for Hawthorne. She got it straight back in. It went very, very high in the air, and Kate Darby was sat underneath it. Here she is. Can she get a goal on the board for Geelong? She can. Straight through the middle. So they've finally got one Geelong in this last quarter. They've cut the margin down to seven points. So we could be uh, looking at that close game that we were hoping for. Yeah, it's absolutely doable. Um, Keep up the good work. Neve, Neve, the instructions from Paul Hood at three-quarter time. Yeah, so he had a few um, things for them to think about, making sure they're getting um, out, they're outnumbering Hawthorne. Um, they want to cover the spare and defence. So he said, make sure we've got enough forwards to cover their spare and just like leave it all out on the field. So a lot of gut running. Um, he's just said, you have oh. to run. Oh. Hawthorne won the clearance, but Geelong again with early intent here in the final term. Take the free kick. McDonald flicks the ball out wide for the Cats who have a marked defensive side of the outer wing through Blakeway. Great mark. Gets the kick up along the line to the 23rd player, Olivia Purcell. Centre wing in front of the interchange bench here at Etihad Stadium. Was looking for Mia Ray Clifford at half forward. Ball came out of her hands. It's to the deck and the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. 3-6-24 Hawthorne leading Geelong. 2-5-17, four and a half minutes gone. Final term, RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Just spills out the pack. No advantage to either side. Mackey fighting for it. Is taken into the turf by the tackling machine. Madeline Kerrick will get a ball up. Attacking side of the outer wing for Geelong. Strong tackle by Maddie Kerrick there. She's been ball today for Geelong. McMahon thought she was pulled off the contest and didn't get the free kick. 
the umpire will ball it up again after Mackey returned the favour on Madeline Kerrick. The tap out of wing, one down by Watton, but stolen away by Purcell. She almost got through her handball, oh. just picked up off the ground by Morrison, who sends it inside 50 looking for Derby, but it was cut off by Meg Hutchins. The veteran sends it back out towards the outer wing. Big crash in the pack there, but the ball spills out to Hannah Birchall. Her around the body kick stays in play, was hugging the boundary. Hutchinson, she gets it again. Her handball out to Nesta, found its way back to Hutchins. And then Birchall of Geelong just ran it over the boundary line. So it'll be a throw up. Forward 50 for Geelong on the outer side. Six minutes into the final term. 24 play, 17. Hawks still leading. Mackey will clear it out of defensive 50. Almost taking the mark was McDonald. Hawthorne are able to work it out though and they'll get it to Crockett Grills. Does she take it just in from the boundary line? She does. Julia Crockett Grills, centre wing out of side. High ball. Searching for Perkins, who had two to beat, brought the ball to ground. McWilliams shepherded it off the contest. Going to ground was Teague. The umpire circling, lets it play on. It spills out momentarily. Mackey trying to extract it once more, is unable to, and we will get a ball up. Our match analyst, one of them today, is Sasha Doherty. Yeah, Jamie Woolett was just getting fired up then. She really wanted that ball, but just showing uh, I'm boss. <laughs> Yeah, Jamie Woolard, I heard a very disgruntled Collingwood supporter calling out to her last week. This isn't wrestling. <laughs> You're not going to play properly. Well, Collingwood supporters will be very unhappy with what she's done. Don't <laughs> play at all. player. Oh. oh. With courage, going back with the flight was Blakeway. She slid into the knees of Michaelia Can, almost taking off her own oh. head. Oh, While McMahon is just being swung around by her arm and will be given holding the ball. Rebecca Beeson, you let her know about it. A lot of action there in that little 30 it's seconds. It's certainly been heat in this game. Oh. Oh. Beeson's kicked directly into the mark of Morrison, who picks up, pops in the right boot. Her kick, though, was should have been taken by Ali McDonald of Hawthorne. It's socket off the ground by Mirae Clifford. The foot race is on. Geelong will get there first. It's Mangan of Geelong. She's got Tani Nesta and McDonald in pursuit. She thought she was pushed off the ball, but she doesn't get the free kick. Stevens has it momentarily. It finds its way into the hands of Boyd, but she was pulled off it. Oh. And after all of that, Goodness me. we'll have a ball up. Little oh, bit of co- free kick. A little oh, bit of free kick. Composure then as well. She's just slapping it on the boot. and They're just they're outplaying themselves at the moment, Geelong, unfortunately. Hawthorne have the free kick in defensive 50. Pereira gives it off quickly to Randall. Her kick partially smothered by Mia Ray Clifford. Hutchins now under all sorts of pressure from Ivy. The umpire said she was collected high. And a free kick will go the way of Hawthorne inside defensive 50. It was a bit of a high tackle. Hashtag free kick Hawthorne. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell Neve really does not like Hawthorne. High ball towards McWilliams out the back. Blakeway came off her boot, took a couple of bounces and over the boundary line and out of play. Also our match analyst today, Lisa Roper. 
Well, I think this is setting up for a superb finish, and that's what you wanted um, at a grand final. And it's it is absolutely going to be down to who takes his opportunities when he gets into their forward fifty. Neither Ruckman can win the tap down, but it gets into the hands of Julia Crockett-Gills, who pops it on the boot. It was stopped by Coventry, who got it to Blakeway, who tried to fend off the tackle. It was stolen by McWilliams, her handball, only as far as Anna Teague of Geelong. So we'll have another boundary throw in. Sitting down here on the boundary, you can just hear the bodies thumping into each other <laughs> and then, like, thumping into the turf. It's not, um, it's not uh, I guess, bruise-free footy out here, for sure. Not for the faint-hearted, the old grand final. Tap down, down its way to Carol, but she was tackled by Stevens and Morrison. And Carrick came in as well. So another throw-in. Just outside, forward 50, broadcast wing for Geelong. Darby won the tap down. Handball found its way to Mangan, who got the kick. Boyd almost took the mark. Ivy sockers it off the deck, but it went through the legs of her player in focus. It was taken by Hutchins, who got the kick towards oh. Luke. She just edged out her opponent in Derby and took a strong mark. Just on the edge of the centre square... She'll send it inside 50 for Hawthorne, looking for McWilliams. Oh, the fly, and she's been paid the mark. Oh, that's uh, so controversial. Geelong will be lucky not to have given away a free kick there, but I reckon they just didn't hear the whistle, or maybe decided they didn't want to hear it. <laughs> McWilliams will take all of her time here as we edge with over halfway in the fourth quarter. Only Someone get on Meg Hutchins, just, please. Just quietly, I think they had every right not to think the whistle had been blown. Looking she, at the replay on the a, scoreboard. She might have got a... She punches free. the kick towards the boundary. Flanagan couldn't get there in time, so it bounces over for a throw-in in the left-forward pocket for Hawthorne. Now, boundary riders would have had a good view of that. What were your <laughs> thoughts? No comment? Good. No, Ball yeah, thrown back, back into play. Just, <laughs> just didn't like it. Darby won it out of the contest. Perkins slaps oh. it to the advantage of Crockett. Grills couldn't escape the tackle from Darby, who now receives the handball and will clear defensive 50 for Geelong, looking for Matty oh. Boyd. Pereira cut across, took a good grab, gets it across to Beeson. Centering ball, hot spot. Patted out of the hands of Mick Williams, who keeps going for it, unable to take it. Geelong try to release Fogus. The umpire says yes. a throw. And McWilliams. a free kick will go the way of Phoebe McWilliams. She could have got about three free kicks there. She was held and she was... And it won't go to McWilliams. It's... Gilda. So Gilda will have a shot on goal directly in front, and I'd suggest uh, our back row commentators that this should just about be the nail in the coffin if it goes through. Yeah, I think so. Um, it is quite a fair distance, though. I'm not sure if Gilda's range, but I will soon find out. And Sarah Perkins on the goal line. Just hanging in there, waiting. You'd want to make sure they're rushing it through the defence. So... I'm not sure what the hold-up there. The umpires were directing something towards the bench. Gilda now comes in. Got very close to the woman on the mark. Helicopters it through for a goal, though, and I think that's the grand final. 4-6-30 Hawthorne. Lead Geelong 2-5-17. We're approaching the 13-minute mark of the final term. 
which means, Lisa, we've got seven minutes left on the clock. Yeah, well, cats need to um, really change up what they're doing. I, I don't know. Is Rocky Cranston still on? <laughs> she's there. She's in, the, she's in the centre square. No, not sure she's um, near the ball. Oh, no, I, don't, I just think she needs to um, step up. But not only her, just uh, they all need to get up and just own this ball. They're just giving it away far oh, too easily. Um, on Rocky Cranston, in both the uh, quarter time and three quarter time huddles, she was getting both her calves um, worked on. So I don't know, maybe she's a little bit tired. Yeah, she, um, she's not running very freely either, yeah. so she might have some calf issue. But um, just all of them, just hold the ball and. And keep it to your team. They gave away a soft free kick to Geelong off the ball, which they kicked defensively back to Pereira. Pereira goes to Randall, who plays on to send it up the wing, looking for Hutchins, spoiled by Morrison. Still goes into the hands of Michaela Can. Luke, she tried to edge out Anna Teague, but was pushed off at Flanagan. You could almost say she was holed there. Hutchins, she keeps the ball in play. Pierce, she couldn't get a clean hand to it and she fumbles it over the boundary line. So a throw in just where the 50 metre line of paint intersects with the boundary attacking side of the ground for Geelong. I mean for Hawthorne, sorry. So they're going... The heights throw us a bit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and three, three important contested marks for the quarter already for Hawthorne. So Cranston just pushed Luke Watton out of the ruck contest. But it came into the hands of Purcell, who found Birchall, who went inside looking for, for Deadly. She's got Ivy all on her own, all near the centre square. She just needs to turn and put it in there, and she does. Oh. Me, Ray Clifford, she didn't get the clean pickup that she needed, and it's oh, mopped dear. up by Nixon with a very cool head. She cooks it out, kicks it out to Hutchins. That was their on opportunity. The 50. They've had two breakaway opportunities like that, Geelong, and they haven't been able to take them. At least you just said there calmly, coolly, that's Hawthorne dealt with it, and it's exactly what Geelong aren't doing, unfortunately. Crocker Grills goes to Luke, standing tall on the centre wing, railway side of Etihad Stadium, takes the grab, puts it down along the boundary line, searching for Perkins, who stood just as tall but was unable to bring it in. Fogus flicks the handball out. Now they find Cranston, who's hooked the kick. It stays in play, bounced awkwardly. Luke, seeing her opponent over the boundary line and out of play. Oh, we gee, will she's throw not it in. having a good day. She's definitely looking very sore, as Neve said. So we'll get a boundary throw in. 15 and a half minutes gone in the final term, which means there's four and a half left on the clock. No time on in the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition. Birchall, high kick towards half forward, bouncing ball. Randall chasing after at the boundary line. Beats all comers and we will throw it in. Half forward flank for the Cats. They're running out of time. They're 2-5-17. Hawthorne in a commanding position for 6 30 on the scoreboard. Even they think they've won. I was about to say, they've got a little uh, <laughs> advertisement for the post-game function the Hawks do on the big screen. So ah. let's hope they haven't gone too early with three and a half minutes left on the clock. It's probably probably safely say they've iced the game now as Mia Ray, Clifford and Pepper Randall wrestle for the ball in the left forward pocket. There'll be a throw in. Geelong need to score here from this stoppage. But at Watton, who Ooh. wins the tap down to Crockett Grills, whose kick wasn't great, came off the it? side of the boot. Ooh. It's gone out of the boundary. I think 
bit of leniency for a missed kick. They looked, they Maybe. looked at each other and thought about it. I was going to say, if Geelong had have appealed a bit more, I reckon they might have got it. <laughs> Throw in. Tucking side of the ground for Geelong is picked up by Carrick. She pops it on the boot. Looking to go inside 50 very centrally. No one could get a clean hand to it. Nixon did well to keep her opponent off the ball. Her hand pass out to Randall. She's just paddling it to her own event advantage up the far wing. She's on the logos on the far wing now and she sockers it off the ground, but Blakeway for Geelong would get there oh. first. Pepper Randall dealt with her a little bit and knocked her off the ball, but still Purcell will get the hand pass off to Teague. Her kick up the line finds Cranston. She couldn't pick it up cleanly, but it makes its way to Fogus. She gets the kick around the body, bounces over the head of Pereira into the hands of me, Ray Clifford Boyd. Kicks the ball inside 50. Coming it back. Down but it's field coming or? back or downfield. If it's it downfield. No. So it's coming back. To Maddie Boyd, who I am assuming was cleaned up after she kicked it. Of an open 50 for Geelong. So having it being brought back was maybe not an ideal situation for them. She goes up. Oh and too strong was Sibley for Hawthorne, who took the mark in front of Kate Darby. In the heart of defensive 50 for the Hawks. Under two minutes left on the clock in the final term. They lead 4-6-30 to 2-5-17. Taking the mark is McDonald. Ellie McDonald on the half back flank. Dockside of Etihad Stadium. Went down along the boundary line. Off hands to McMahon, who just popped it up in hope. And a big fist. Just trying to pick up who that was on the big screen. It was McDonald again coming across the top of Virtual. They're gonna need, Ray, Radox are going to need to uh, give a lot of supplies out after this game. So we're going to get a boundary throw in on the half forward flank out of sight. Watton won the tap down. Crocker Grills couldn't take clean possession of it. Hot footy, they try and work it out to Cranston. Her handball partially smothered. The ball is going to be all wrapped up between centre wing and half forward out of sight for the Cats. 40 seconds left on the clock to bring us home in the 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final will be Lucy Watkin and Geelong have a free kick. McMahon was held out of the contest. She plays quickly. Goes inside 50. Boyd was the target. She couldn't take the mark. Mackie, she couldn't get the ball that had spilled out. It's players everywhere in pursuit of the ball. But Fogus, she gets the handball out to Derby. Her kick went into the back of Pereira and out of bounds for a boundary throw in. The countdown is on now. It'll be jubilation for the Hawks right about now. The siren is gone and Hawthorne, they win the VFLW Grand Final for 2018. Meg Hutchins, 15 years of football, her first grand final, her first grand final win. And not only that, we spoke to Paddy Hill, the coach of Hawthorne before the game, and he did point out that this is a club that feels like they have something to prove to the AFL, and I think they've, they made, just their, did. they've <laughs> made their point loud and clear with this very comprehensive win over the Cats. They dominated for most of the game, and when they had their chances, they took them unlike Geelong. 
So congratulations to Hawthorne. Now turn to our two match analysts, Lisa Roper and Sasha Doherty, for your thoughts on the VFLW Grand Final and our winners, Hawthorne. Well, um, it was pretty close. I picked Talks by 12. So it wasn't, far, well, yeah. wasn't far off. Um, but um, having said that, you know, I thought uh, Geelong actually stopped Hawks playing their free-flying game and um, were, were in it for pretty much that whole game. They just didn't didn't nail their shots and that's really come to cost them. Yeah, it seems like what it was all down to was their accuracy and trying to get those goals in. They, the opportunities were there. Um, even though Hawks did apply the pressure, as we saw, Geelong did have a lot of the ball. Um but it was just frustrating to watch as well, and I'm sure frustrating for them. Final score here at Etihad Stadium, 4-6-30. Hawthorne defeating the Cats, 2-5-17. Hawthorne's first premiership in the VFLW competition. A little over a year and a half after the club was formed. It's a pretty impressive effort considering they started their first game in 2017 just scoring two behinds today. As you guys both said, they capitalised on their opportunities and it was the second term that really set it up for them. Yeah, they were very clean in what they did when they did have the ball. You know, they linked up well, they switched, they handballed, they caught those marks. Um, Very, as Christy said, contested marks were, you know, winning on the day. Um, And then you look at Sarah Perkins, who just positioned very well and when she puts the boot to the ball, she's... I don't know how she pulls off some of those shots, but she gets it. And she had Beck Pierce on her back and still managed to get a goal. So, you know, unfortunately for Geelong, they just couldn't get it in. Once again, the final score, 4-6-30. Hawthorne defeating the Cats, 2-5-17. Our goal kickers for today, please, Lucy. Emma Mackey, Tamara Luke, Sarah Perkins and Emily Gilder had the sealer. For Hawthorne, all singles to those players and singles as well to Maddie Boyd and Kate Darby of Geelong. I'm very sorry, team, but I must bid farewell so I can head over to the other side of the ground, to the ABC box, to uh, take up my position on the boundary for the VFL Grand Final, and also to getting quick to pick up my to getting quick to pick up my 2018 Premiership merchandise that was just <laughs> advertised on the big screen. So, uh, got to oh, head off. Lucy, fantastic to have you a part of the team in 2018. Well done. Stepping up to play-by-play calling this year. Um, no doubt you're set for bigger and better things. So good luck today on the boundary in the VFL Men's Grand Final with ABC Grandstand. We're going to take a quick break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio as Neve and Julia wait for the Hawks to get away from the big uh, pack that's formed at half forward. Another massive week on The Breakfast Club. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, here's a snippet of what we did. Cameron Smith from the Melbourne Storm. Ten prelims now. And how hard is it to control a bit of the emotion? Because, of course, Billy Slater and Ryan Hoffman announcing their retirement. I guess it's going to be quite an emotional week for a lot of the guys, particularly the guys that have been around for a long time. Last game they'll ever play in Melbourne for the Melbourne Storm, so it is a big occasion for us. Aaron Finch is getting ready to wear the baggy green, and we're very excited about that. Oh, absolutely. It's special. I got up here to Brisbane Saturday night for the 
training camp starting today, so I'll peak the day early. <laughs> <laughs> I just really felt like the real excitement of almost being a young kid and getting picked for your first ever time for Australia. So the D is Maxi Gorn. How do you not think about a win away from the big one? I mean, every player says one week at a time, but no player's thinking it, so there's a massive elephant in the room that the fact that if you win, you're playing a grand final. But probably from now onwards, it's purely on West Coast, purely on getting the job done, going to Perth as a team again and playing some good footy. Taylor Adams from the Magpies. Was there any discussion within your playing group about perhaps pulling some resources and trying to get Dustin kidnapped? Barmy suggested it. I can't believe you have the Collingwood fans at that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Gregg is always honest with us. Now, what is happening with Dusty? I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Haven't you heard this morning? He's going in to get his right leg amputated. <laughs> <laughs> That's the latest. I don't think I'll be seeing him in training today. We welcome Adam Kingsley to the program. Go straight to Jack Stephen. Last night he was announced as the best and fairest. Tell us what he's like to work with week to week. The growth in him has been enormous. So the embracing of yeah. wanting to learn about the game, wanting to help his teammates become a real leader in guiding them, instructing them, helping them, working with them. I'm thrilled for him. I think it was a great result. Mitch Wallace re-signed with the Western Bulldogs for a further three years. Feeling the same about Tom Libertore. How big a challenge is it to keep Tom at the club? During the year we had a lot of chats, but I think as soon as that last siren rings and we're allowed to go, Tom shoots off to... <laughs> we're all, all exotic parts of the world, so I must be there. There hasn't been too much dialogue between us two. Stuart Clark is a former international test cricketer. Putting a bit more integrity into the Sheffield Shield and, and making that a, a stronger competition. The reason the Australian cricket team was strong and had so many great players like Martin and Langer and Hayden and all those guys running around because the competition was strong and you picked the best players to play for their state. At the moment it's not that, it's a bunch of young guys developing. When they come to play for Australia, they probably aren't as hardened as they used to be back in the day. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. We love a bet. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. We're back here at Etihad Stadium where the Lisa Hardeman medal has just been announced. And it is Pereira, I think, that has taken the Lisa Hardeman medal. We might see if we can get our boundary riders to put their mics on just to see if we can pick up the... Announcements happening out on the ground. We are on the opposite side, which means it is testing the ability of our very sophisticated <laughs> microphones here at Eddie Hatch How's Stadium. That can you hear me, I'm at least? can hear you. Awesome. <laughs> we might leave it for you to describe what's happening out on the ground, um, even, Julia. Well, they're calling up the players to get their medals. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff. Number five, Chantelle Pereira, who was named best on ground. Um, which I think is pretty fair. I think she did a great job um, in defence, played a really good role on their forwards. Julia Crockett-Grills will now come to the stage. Yeah, I definitely picked Pereira as one. Look at her. Look at my favourite. Look at her run off the stage. Look at this. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> Look, up another note. Players are um, obviously really ecstatic down here. A lot of them in tears. Um, Meg's obviously going to run off to her family, giving them a big hug. There's absolutely emotion everywhere. So it's a great occasion for the girls. Phoebe McWilliams just went to accept her medal. A big game from her today. Didn't impact the scoreboard with a major, but her dominance up forward, taking contested grabs and setting up passages of play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Really, as uh, we were looking at her, leading toward the ball was just phenomenally well well thought out, accurate, and just in front of her player a lot of the time. And uh, just quickly on Chantel Chalabarero, Spent most of the day on Maddie Boyd. Held her fairly well, I think. 
But I, but I think why she was best on ground is she didn't just hold Maddie Boyd. She really rebounded very well and started a lot of their attack from the back half, and that's why she was so pivotal in the game. She didn't just negate. She really took the game on, which is quite brave. And that's hard in a, in a grand final. I think if you um, look back at the stats, you'll see that she's probably the most consistent out of the four quarters. You, you saw, you know, patches of where Biso stepped up. There's pieces that Rocky did well. Um, Meg Hutchins, I thought, was also very strong. But, um, but Pereira was just in it the whole time. She read the flight of the ball. She read the way her forward was running. She read the bounce of the ball even. And um, without a doubt, she applied a lot of pressure and... Um, contributed to some, well some of those behind some of them were just poor kicking but um, but yeah she she was phenomenal in the back line for the Hawks I'm going to wait uh, because I reckon the next person after Rosie Dillon goes up to receive her medal will get a fairly significant cheer from the crowd <laughs> number 25 <laughs> deafening Meg Hutchins walks to the stage what a relief um, it would be to have a medallion. Yes, it was. Looked like it was, yes. Yeah, tugged on the way up. What well, a relief it would be for moment. her. Yeah. yeah, it would be a relief, especially after years of playing, um, but just so well-deserved as well. But I must say, um, going back to the young gun, um, who everyone has picked as the uh, number one draft, did such a phenomenal job trying to contain Hutchins during the game. So while we wait, uh, Julia and Eve, you still got us? Yeah, I think so. Can you see the Hawthorne president anywhere down uh, there? Yeah, he actually is down here and he's got a special jacket that has the Hawthorne stripes on the inside. <laughs> if Once the presentation's done, see if you can get him to have a chat because I'm curious to see what uh, his thoughts are after their first grand final victory in the VFLW considering that they still haven't got an AFLW licence, who knows, that might change in the not too distant future after today's performance it's, uh, Jade Van Dyke now goes to the stage to collect her medal one of the promising talents that Patty Hill's been... And she was good today too, she had some, I mean like Kiwi mentioned, and it is typical we've talked about with women's football, consistency across four quarters is often waning, but she had some pretty exciting moments where she showed a bit of dash and a bit of dare, which is always entertaining on the big stage. Emerson Woods and Michalia can about to come to the stage, Julia. It's uh, an impressive performance from both of those girls today. Yeah, they both definitely stood up and showed their colours today. I mean, Michaela can especially, what a massive tackling effort she did today. And going on the inside too, she's getting a rousing reception right now, as you can hear. And the captain... The inspirational leader, Emma Mackey, walks to the stage to collect her premiership medallion and Paddy Hill very shortly to make his way up. Proud moment. As Paddy walks to the stage, joining the skipper, Emma Mackey. Paddy will try and pick up his few words. Unfortunately, uh, we don't think we're quite getting that, unfortunately. 
Just uh, testing our technical capability oh. here at Eddie Hatt Stadium. I, I think what he's saying is fantastic calling by the Women Australian <laughs> Rules Football Network. Um, I heard him say that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it started. Coxie, it, it started the descent. It's the back it's road. It's a silliness. It's the back road, too. It's... <laughs> Out of our control. <laughs> Looking up towards the producer to see if he's doing anything about it. Final score once again here at Etihad Stadium. 4-6-30 plays 2-5-17. Hawthorne the victors. Paddy Hill currently speaking. Unfortunately, we're unable to bring you that. We don't have a feed into the uh, setup here, the sound setup. And uh, a, a little too faint to hear. No doubt you'll be able to catch a replay of it on vfl.com.au a little later today if you want to listen to it because it is quite a lengthy speech as well. It is. <laughs> which you would expect from one of the great advocates of women's footy. Geez, you'd be filthy if you're Geelong. When you, when, you, when you lose a grand final, you just want it to be over and he just won't stop talking. <laughs> Let us go. <laughs> yeah, proud moment, though. I mean, I think you just want to keep talking about each individual player and saying how, how great they all were. So the Premiership Cup about to be... Handed over to Patrick Hill and Emma Mackey. By, there's a name that we haven't mentioned today, Melissa Kyes, handing over the Premiership Cup. Yeah. Injured today. Well, gutting to miss out. She was one of the players as the fireworks send off as the Hawthorne players jump around and celebrate their victory. But she was one of the players that came across from the Knox Falcons after and they concluded she's in 2016. She's had a lot, of, a lot of pain. She stuck with them and she went through a lot of... She did all the grunt work and they needed her grunt work today. They did get beaten a little bit around the stoppages and I just thought that third quarter, geez, they could do with... And that ex- obviously experience as well, but that... It is always gutting. Poor Lyndon Dunwood will we'll know what she's feeling at the moment. Of course, the... Skipper for Box Hill when the Hawks were known as that last year. As they celebrate, you can certainly hear that part of the, <laughs> the Premiership victory here at Etihad Stadium. Final score once again: four six thirty Hawthorne defeating Geelong two five seventeen. We're on air for another half an hour or so as we'll review the two thousand and eighteen Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final, and we'll hopefully chat to a few of the players and potentially even Jeff Kennett down on the boundary line. Cheers from the entire club staff getting around and celebrating the victory here today. The first AFL-aligned club to win a premiership. Neve and Julia, I'm handing things over to you. All right, cool. So they've just been instructed to <laughs> hand out. They've been given hats, premiership hats, pre-prepared. Try and get um, To hand out to supporters. Um, I think I've stuffed that up for us today, but that's all right. <laughs> um, we can see uh, Jeff Kennett, um, he's, got, he's got Hawthorne shoes on. Um, he's been pinched. But uh, we'll see if we can have a chat to him. Ask him about his fashion choices because um, it is a resplendent. Um. Yeah, all the players have gone to the ba- their boundary for now. So we'll um, 
we'll let them celebrate and yeah, exactly. for a bit. Um, but yeah, the de- the scenes are absolutely. Amazing. I believe um, this uh, elderly relative of Paddy Hill has given him a big hug over the boundary, which is very sweet. Um, he's had to stand up on the chair to get over the boundary. Um, <laughs> Paddy's not the tallest bloke, as we know. So yes, <laughs> give yourself as much height advantage as you can. But yeah, they just—it's always—it's strange though as well. Them have just played on local levels and used to just going up to their family um, trying to jump over the fence and try and say hello to all the family members but they're doing a great job and Meg Hutchins she's just loving it she's got the premiership cup on her head it's her first one she's absolutely wrapped and you know all the, all the photographers are around her and why wouldn't she be she's the absolute heart and soul of women's footy and she's handed over to the which is you can say the same thing for her too so great scenes here well deserved win for the Hawks if you can, whilst you're waiting for Jeff, try and see if you can get Meg Hutchins because I'd love to hear what we her... love Hutchie. <laughs> we do. A great supporter of Women's Australian Rules Football Radio as well, Meg Hutchins. We're lurking. <laughs> and Lou Watton too, another veteran of Victorian women's football, has now f- achieved it all. Yes, and of course her sister. Uh, Joe Watton, a wonderful ex president of the uh, Eastern, Eastern Devils. Devils and a fantastic commentator in her own right um, no doubt she'll be pretty pretty bloody happy watching this now too Joe. she will be indeed oh. As, uh, it's a good it's a really good crowd now at the moment so it's certainly a lot better than uh, last year's crowd which was good um, but it's it's really good to see people actually wanting to watch women's football finally <laughs> Good, healthy uh, Hawthorne contingent as they're gradually making their way yeah. towards the uh, outer flank directly well, opposite us. There's too much celebrations. All these players are in such high demand. Don't worry, we're approaching. We're just <laughs> trying to get one that's looking a bit free at the moment. <laughs> well, I, I would know, Coxie, but uh, Box Hill City Oval is, is going to be an absolute circus tonight. I think there's going to be a lot of happy people with full bellies. That's a polite way of describing it. <laughs> There's no better place to celebrate in Melbourne, Coxon, you know that. No better place than Boxall City Oval. I think we've uh, got one downstairs, just uh, adjusting the headsets as we speak down to Neve and Julia. How are you feeling, Sarah Perkins? <laughs> um, I'm pretty blown away. When I uh, packed up my car to come back to Melbourne, and I ne- I'd never thought I'd be here on this, this day with this club. Yeah, oh, I mean, I think you grew up a Hawthorne supporter as well. How much does that mean to you? Um, yeah, it means everything. I mean, I can't take away that AFLW premiership. That was pretty special as well. But to come back and, yeah, to be with these girls and on this day and, and represent the colours I've loved my whole life, it's, it's very special. Yeah, and I'm um, just wondering as well, um, I guess you're saying that coming back from the AFLW and it did mean um, obviously a lot to you. Is it? Is, do the dynamics of VFOW feel a bit different given that it's during the winter, you have the longer season, you're like working with the girls for a longer time? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's obviously a longer season, so um, the dynamic uh, is, is pretty much very different to what it is at AFLW level, but coming to the elite club at Hawthorne, obviously I kept it that same balance for the AFLW season leading into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll throw up to the box now. Hopefully you can hear them. Yeah, you got any questions? You're coming through loud and clear at our ends, guys. Sarah... Spent so many years at the Eastern Devils. What does it mean to finally have a premiership under your belt in Victorian women's football? 
Um, I'm sorry, I only caught the last bit of it, but I think you said what does it mean uh, to have a medal uh, in Victoria? Obviously, it's uh, it's something pretty special. I mean, Darabin have, have been a force for the you know the past ten years or whatever, and and to be here on the day, we all knew that the competition was going to be uh, very different. So uh, it's an absolute honour, and yeah, to be back home and be in Victoria and have the medal around my neck, it's yeah very special. Sarah, you guys took 19 contested marks to just seven. Just how good is it having Phoebe McWilliams as your forward partner? Is there anything she can't do? Uh, well, I got Big Tam down there as well. So I mean, between the three of us, I think we're you know we're the tall towers down there. And you know those girls have been clunking them all year, and that's their job. So um, I'm obviously a little bit smaller than them, but yeah, to have them both, it's it's pretty special. Sarah, we'll let you go and enjoy it. Thanks very much for joining us on Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. No worries, thank you, Sarah Perkins. One of the few players that now has an AFLW and VFLW Premiership medallion. Oh, sorry, we just got terrible audio coming through here. We need to get a sponsor ASAP. Um, <laughs> can you hear that? We can hear you we'll loud and clear. We push across here maybe a little bit. Oh, no, it's shocking. I think no, the techies are going to get mad at us. All right. Um, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good, feeling elated not tired or uh, yeah definitely not feeling fatigued I'm feeling pretty up and about yeah that's good I heard um, Mech Hudson's yelled send it to you as you're <laughs> going to get your medal you're going to spend spend a bit of off season skating you reckon or I think I will definitely be sending it tonight at least yes. and yeah maybe a couple of weeks of skating excellent um, what do you reckon in the game like it was seems from an outsider's perspective really even kind of in the middle very very physical there was a lot of bodies hitting into each other what do you think it was that gave you like that edge to get out. I felt like you're a lot more. Um, uh, what's the word? Free flowing. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, free flowing. And when you got forward, you were much more effective. Um, what do you reckon it was? Um, I think you know we knew it was going to be a slog today. Geelong is such a respectable team in that manner, and um, we just had to trust our system. And our system wide and um, share the ball around so we just knew no matter what they gave us we kept that frontal pressure and then we just stuck to our game plan which allowed the ball to um, once we did get those opportunities just to come out wide. Yeah for sure. Um, do the commentary box have any questions? Hopefully we can uh, hear you. No we'll let, we'll let you get across to Meg Hutchins because oh. I think the Hawthorne players are going down to the race so we oh, might okay. lose That's <laughs> 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 awkward We've got to get the big dog My <laughs> <laughs> My apologies oh, no. to Pippa Randall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. no. Can you can you hear him okay? Hear me all right? Yes. Yeah, I can hear right. you. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Um, how are you feeling first and foremost? How does it feel to be a premiership player? Um, yeah, a bit surreal, I guess. Um, you dream that <coughs> it's going to happen. You dream for 16 years, I guess. Um, yeah. And sometimes you don't think it's going to happen um, when I guess the super teams really <laughs> over my era. Um just kept on producing and uh, yeah I mean this year I just wanted to play footy with my best mates and get coached by the best coach in, in the in, in the land in my opinion for women's footy um, and to get this result it's an absolute bonus to play footy with your best mates and to get the result like this um, yeah I'm lost for words <laughs> yeah well I think um, we can all agree that if anybody deserves it it's you oh thanks <laughs> oh, and, and, and Watto as well and Eby McWilliams yeah, sure. she's She's waited 12 years. Watto's 15 or 14. Um, a lot of us have waited a hell of a long time. Um, worth the wait? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> i got to go back inside. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone, for your support. Um, you guys are amazing. You supported women's footy when no one else cared, so thank you. Well done, Hutchie. Thank you very much to Meg Hutchins, Pepper Randall.
don't think I've pleased her too she much. She won't, no. won't be <coughs> saying yes to an interview anytime soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's probably Whoops. in a hurry to get a burrito anyway. Uh, as the uh, Hawthorne side has disappeared down the race. and we Yeah, they just they had to get off the ground just because the men's are coming on for obviously the VFL final back-to-back here. Eddie had, oh, Eddie, so the women are off. They're probably going to yeah, celebrate hard into the night. But, yeah, we're glad we've got a couple on for you. So... Hopefully we've got some good content out of that. Yeah, no, we did. Well done, guys. Thank you very much for all your work down on the boundary today. We'll get you to leave the microphone on and head 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 back upstairs, I'm being informed. Oh, okay. Um, make, make your way. <laughs> Producer's orders? <laughs> yes. Yes, he's hitting me with a stick telling you uh, to, to come up. So. Ouch, all right. <laughs> make your way back up. We're on air for another 20-odd minutes or no so. No worries. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We might take a break here, and then on the other side of this, we'll wrap up what's been a big grand final day here at Etihad Stadium. The Hawks today, victors 4-6-30, defeating the Cats 2-5-17. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world, and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Even I could Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. RSN 927 rolls out more Victorian trucks news and more Victorian Greyhound news in our new 10am reports. 10am Tuesday, the week's Victorian Greyhound news in Off the Leash. Wednesday, the statewide trucks update, one out, one back. And Thursday, the ID18 update as Victoria welcomes back the Inter-Dominion. More trucks, more doggies, part of RSN 927's new 10am reports. Catch them live or later on podcast. It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. Children drown in portable pools every year in Australia. Others are hospitalised because of non-fatal drowning incidents. Young children can easily topple in and drowning is silent and happens quickly. Royal Life Saving and Consumer Affairs Agencies across Australia are reminding people to take important safety steps like active supervision of kids in and around portable pools. The question is, can you make it safe? For more information and simple safety tips, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash make it safe. Come and see the bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Check the brilliant range of caravans and campers. New and pre-loved. There's finance to get you on the road. Repairs and service from the experts, including insurance work and an accessory shop with all the essentials, gadgets and extras. Bayswater Jayco really has got it all. All you have to think of is where to go. Bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater. Got a big game this weekend? Here's where to meet up. The Marriage 
Exchange Hotel, just five minutes walk from Etihad. Ales, wine, superb food and tab terminals. The Mail Exchange Hotel where footy fans meet up. Corner of Burger Spencer Street City, right opposite the steps at Southern Cross Station. Get back to work. But I am working. What, your latest Instagram post? I'm lodging a free dial before you dig inquiry online. Visit au to use this free service or call 1100 during business hours. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it, and we're just like you in every other way. So visit Tourette.org.au. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. It has been the VFL Women's Match of the Day here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. We're not too far away from wrapping things up here at Etihad Stadium, but before we do that, we'll get a breakdown of all the major statistics today which saw Hawthorne get over the line, and I'll hand that across to Christy Williams. Yeah, it was that... The, the game was still on the line. We, we thought that Hawthorne would probably prevail, but the game was absolutely still on the line in the fourth quarter. And while Geelong once again pumped the ball in there a lot, again ineffectively, had nine inside 50s to two, which is which is great. But it didn't translate on the scoreboard to start with. And then uh, we look at the contested mark count and we saw a number of really strong ones. Phoebe um, took a really good one in the forward line. A lot, long, lot of long kicks down the line that, they were taking contested marks, and they took six contested marks to just one for Geelong, and that's what won them the game because they could, they just kept controlling the ball. And if Geelong bombed it in, they were there underneath it, or at the very worst, they were bringing it to ground, which is what, unfortunately for Geelong, they weren't able to do. They were getting outmarked, and they couldn't bring the ball to ground. And it's hard to, it's hard to win games of footy when you can't actually get your hands on the pill, isn't it? But we also did see the the turnover count. We mentioned a number of times during the call that, that Geelong weren't using the footy very effectively. Um, and unfortunately for them, 15 turnovers to nine is it, it's it's just it's just too hard to 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 put pressure on the opposition when you are turning it over so easily and often in bad parts of the ground. They were often turning it over in the in the middle of the ground. And when you can take advantage of your opportunities, Hawthorne, that's that's it. That's that was the ball game, and uh, they certainly didn't choke or anything like that. But they'll have a lot of lessons about composure um, and withstanding pressures in in big games of finals footy. They'll certainly be doing a lot of that over their preseason. I would have thought. It was really the second quarter that won it for the Hawks. They were dominant. They had composure through the game. Geelong couldn't generate anything. Yeah. Third quarter was a different story. The Cats had all the momentum but just couldn't impact the scoreboard. Yeah, I was going to say that the third quarter was the, the moment where Geelong could have turned this game around and maybe even won, you know, just by that tiny Absolutely. fraction. Um, it was there. But, yeah, unfortunately there was just there was no clean, um, clean handballs. It was all scrap. Um, when they did get it down there, it was just um, inaccuracy that let them down um, a lot of the time, which is 
really, yeah, both inaccuracy going forward and then once they, if they did get it, inaccuracy in front yeah, of the, the goal. the set shots, which was surprising because you've got, yeah, Darby and Mia Ray Clifford who have had um, quite a number of set shot goals this year and nailed them. It's um, funny what finals... What he does, does to set, it, it, set shot kicking routines, it changes it? <laughs> it changes your game completely. Um, and that happens not only on this field, but we watched it over the weekend with their AFL as well. Um, you know, third quarter would have had it for them. That's my, my call. Yep, four absolutely. Sc- four scoring opportunities in that term or four. And eight. easy ones mm. at that, as we mentioned. All behinds. Hawthorne got one goal very late in From the third two in, term. So two inside 50s in that third term. They got a goal, a scrappy little goal, but that's what that's what happens. And they had nine inside fifties for, as you mentioned, so they would have been leading and very yeah. well should have. And yet, unfortunately for them, here we are. Couple of the good players today from the the cats list. The standout for me, and I reckon she would have got best on ground had they won. Nina Morrison. She was in the thick of everything from the word go and her clean pickups, takeaways, tackles, the fact that they put Hutchins onto her halfway through the game too, I think indicates a little respect that the opposition had for her position on the ground. Yeah, they probably acknowledged um, you know, the, the skill and the fact that if they let her get the ball easy, she could contribute to um, to the game considerably. So putting someone with an experienced head like Hutchins on her would um, would counter some of that um, for for Hawks, so that Cats couldn't get that run on. But um, Hutchins also stayed free a lot as well, and and just cut off the ball coming in, or cut off across the half back line, cut off um, as a sweeper behind the full back at times. So um, she she covers a lot of ground. I don't know what her GPS would look like, but it would. Um, I would say she'd probably have one of the higher um, stats for number of meters run in a game. Just through the the sheer work rate that she has. And metres gained as well. I mean, we saw her penetrating. You mentioned cutting it off, but not only does she cut it off, but she kicks it Perkins-esque 60 metres down the field every time. And it's not usually a bad one either. It's it's phenomenal. She's probably one of, if not the best, kicker woman's footy and has been for 15 years. It's a phenomenal game. A phenomenal game from her. And as... Everyone would know we're pretty happy. Obviously, everyone's pretty happy for her, for her too. Just looking down the, the Geelong list, and the impression today is that you had good performers, but no one really stood up, took the game by the scruff of the neck when it needed to be. Boyd showed flashes. Clifford showed flashes. Cranston... We mentioned during the call we didn't see her much, whether she had a niggle. She has had a fairly big season uh, when you also factor in the AFLW program as well. And I'm pretty sure she's played uh, a decent amount of games too for Geelong throughout the season off the top of my head. Um, I think she played eight or so. I'm pretty sure she played a fair few. At least over half of the season, which is quite significant when other AFLW players probably around or below that mark. Again, just going off mm. the, the top of my head here. But you look down the list and there was no no standout performers. 13. She played 13 well, of the season. Plus the... Finals, yeah. Six, and she carried in a AFL lot of load as well. So she is the midfield bull. While she's probably better suited to a forward slash midfielder role rather than the other way. So she's carried a big load in those 13... <laughs> Games and I was a bit when you saw it. I 
very sore and she was noticeably sore. I thought it was a bit strange to not see her play out of the goal square, mm. or especially considering they were getting chances up forward. She was hobbling around and not impacting. She laid tackles, but no offensive impact whatsoever. So I thought it was a bit strange considering she's such a dangerous forward and clearly could barely move. The other side of the equation, Hawthorne today, Pereira. Best on ground, Lisa Hardiman medal winner. Uh, Fantastic around defensive 50, generating momentum off that line, which enabled the Hawks to attack. Yeah, played so well in the um, back line, but also... Always involved um, herself in the game halfway, like over halfway down as well. So just such good pace to get back um, to help out that side. But oh, she's so athletic, you know, isn't she? She's reading, a wonderful athlete. Yeah, reading the ball at every moment, cutting off plays, but also creating them and creating opportunities for her midfields to then switch it back. So yeah, had and my a, vote and for a good sure. story. A, a kind of one of the old cross code athletes basketball. I, I believe she came from. I think. Um, she's a fantastic athlete, and she wasn't particularly good last season, though she showed flashes. And now you can see she's an athlete. And now she's got now she's got a bit of footy sense about her, and it's pretty phenomenal to think she's she only been playing for two seasons, and she's a medalist on the biggest stage. It's quite remarkable. Emma Mackey, the inspirational leader out on the ground for the Hawks. She showed her intent early in the game as well, enforcing herself on contests and leading from the front. Yeah, she um, she was she was dynamite. I think she just probably went a little quiet late in the third quarter. Um, but it, it can't have been the kick to the face because no. you know, she clearly got up from that and <laughs> belted through the big stick. Well, maybe she should have done the, so. the specky attempt in the third quarter instead of the first <laughs> <Yeah>. five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe McWilliams today, as we mentioned earlier, I think she kicked four behinds in the game today, but just her presence around the ball, the fact, fact that she was clunking marks and setting up the inside 50 attack too, were working very well in tandem with Sarah Perkins and Tamara Luke when she floated forward. They've got a, a very strong spine, Hawthorne, inside attacking 50. Strong. That's an understatement of the century. Phoebe's has got very, very sticky hands. Like she is a great marker of the ball and a great reader of the flight of the ball. So she knows when to get up, even when she starts to overrun. She still manages to time her leap to get it. Um, I think, you know, she 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 does that for GWS, and I think Geelong will be really stoked to have her on board because they didn't seem to have someone so dominant in the air today and I think um, when it comes to AFLW season having somebody like her in their list will um, will be you know a huge and she just lifts she was such a leader at St Kilda not even necessarily by her words but I remember in the I think it was the preliminary final we did at North Port Oval several years ago they were down and out but she just throws herself in contact you see how much her teammates love her and when you see someone play like that no matter what kind of sport you play you can't help but be lifted by the way that she plays, and they needed a lift today. They didn't have a lot of leadership, did they, Geelong? As, as you mentioned, no one was bad, but no one really stood up. And leadership from her, you you just know you have to throw yourself in the contest because you see what she does. Final score again here at Etihad Stadium in the 2018 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Grand Final. 4-6-30 Hawthorne. <laughs> Defeating Geelong 2-5-17. The goal kickers for the Cats, Maddie Boyd and Kate Darby, whilst for the Hawks, their skipper Emma Mackey hit the scoreboard, Tamara Luke, Sarah Perkins and Emily Gilder.
We're not too far away from wrapping up, which means it's the end of the season for our match day broadcasts here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. It doesn't mean, though, that the weekly podcasts stop. Uh, Unfortunately <laughs> for Peter. <laughs> big smile and enthusiastic face there from our producer. Uh, but they will continue 6 o'clock Wednesday evenings on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and then available as a podcast not too long after that Thursday mornings. Usually they'll go up online. So make sure that you do tune into that. Uh, there's uh, also, as I mentioned uh, the earlier in the broadcast, we've got a few things lined up ready for that uh, the AFLW draft. So just and wait, some new wait microphones, hopefully, wait, <laughs> by wait, the sounds of it. <laughs> wait, wait and see. Wait and see. Uh, quickly, though, I, we'll do what we usually do on Grand Final Day and thank everyone who's been a part of the commentary team throughout 2018. Quickly, those that weren't in attendance with us today, we pulled him out of retirement throughout various stages in 2018 to fill in on a couple of occasions. Dan Hill, always entertaining <laughs> part of uh, women's Australian rules football, one of the original co-founders along with, with Pete. Uh, so we thank him for his contribution throughout 2018 and also Katie Lambeski, uh, one of the co founders of the former girlsplayfooty.com website, a Spurs player. She had other commitments today, but would have loved to be here as one of our match analysts again throughout the 2018 season. Her uh, insights have been incredibly valuable. Uh, Big thanks to the newbies of the broadcast team throughout 2018, to the special coffee barista herself, Lisa Kiwi-Roper. Thank you very much for joining the team in 2018 as an assistant coach of the Darabin Falcons. You've uh, added an extra layer of insight, so thank you for coming on board. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually been fun and meeting the faces of uh, the Radio Cool team that I have listened to a very, very few times. Um, footy's <laughs> not quite over for me this season. I've, um, Darabin have got a clinic tomorrow morning, so we're hunting for our future stars. And um, <laughs> then I'm spending some time this week with the crosscoders, so I always like to... Um, look at the other sports and see what talent we can bring across to the Aussie game and um, and convert them to, to uh, <laughs> steal to them the is that what you were going to say says she with an all black <laughs> t-shirt on in an Australian rules football game exactly and then I'll be taking my special coffees to Coffs for a week away playing Masters footy which is how it should be is um Catching up with old teammates and beer and pizza post game, not not these ice bath things that they do nowadays. So it's real. That's real football. Whoa, uh, yeah, just a slight little one there, <laughs> Kiwi. Thank you very much for uh, being a part of it in 2018. To Sash, also coming on board this year. Thank you very much for assisting us with our match analysing. Oh, look, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it and it's been such a cool experience and hopefully will give me some experience to go ahead and maybe join again next season. But, um, yeah, it's been awesome and you guys have been great, so thank you. Also to Julia Montesano, the Julia Crockett Grills extraordinaire fan. Yes, yes. Yes, there you go. Thank you very much for your contributions throughout 2018. I wish I could have done more games, but um, obviously my... AFL Draft Central do hold me back a little bit and with everything else as well holds me back but yeah it's been an absolute pleasure and what a game today I'm so privileged to have watched it and yeah been on boundary side for it too Denise Felton second year on the boundary in a grand final but has also been in the uh, commentary position throughout the season as a match analyst even though she did take most of it off uh, 
overseas enjoying a bit of sunshine. Some of it. <laughs> I, was, so I had the second year blues. I had to go and um, go, get, go get warm. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad that came off. <laughs> On that note, we'll switch your microphone off. Uh, no, th- thank you, Neve, for once again being a part of things. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Christy, for making the journey down on a couple of occasions in 2018, providing us with the stats today. Once again, thank you for your limited mathematical ability. That's why I've got the app, mate, (laughs) so I don't have any mathematical ability. I threw that comment in. Well, I hope you did enjoy the stats today because they were very fun and unfortunately the game was played at nice slow Hawthorne pace so it didn't, wasn't too hard to take the stats it was good <laughs> and also to Lucy Watkin who of course is headed across to the other side of the ground to be a part of ABC Grandstand uh, their coverage today of the VFL men's match which will get underway in the not too distant future and just quickly before I hand it over to the big boss uh, here at Women's Australian Rules Football he's been given the nickname Fat Controller uh, <laughs> given to his recent job for, that he's obtained Obtained, uh, but quickly, thank you for uh, <laughs> for the fun. He uh, he puts this production together out of his back pocket. Uh, gives us all the opportunity to enable us to cover women's football, which we're all incredibly passionate about, and giving it the coverage that it deserves. So, thank you very much, Pete. I'll put you on air for the first time. A very warm welcome to Peter Holden here in the broadcast. Yes, I, I actually have been here working, you know, in the background, you know, with <laughs> coat hangers and tape and whatever, just keeping this production together. That's why we had the technical fault earlier, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it was. Something just went buzz. I don't know what I moved to court. Oh, it works again. So <laughs> that was that, that's our, for the special coffee. That, that, that's our technical <laughs> capabilities here at Women's <laughs> Australian Rules Football Radio. But no, seriously, thank you again. I, I know that she's obviously gone at the moment to the ABC, but Lucy Watkin for taking the step up to doing play-by-play. Play. That's another person we can rely on. And every now and again, me, Coxie or Dan can take a break. So it's it, it's always good to have. And there's always plenty of opportunities. We always say to any, uh, particularly any female out there participating in the women's game, coach, player, umpire, whatever, the opportunities are there. If you want to have a go, contact us online and we'll bring you in next year. I mean, doesn't matter what your background is, have a crack. That's all, that's all we put it down to. And thank you to Christy for making the trip down to Sydney. Julia, excellent debut as well. Sasha has been solid all year. Kiwi for the special coffees. Knee for the neebisms <laughs> that gets set through the year. And you, Coxie, knee, for... Knee, knee falcon, uh, yeah. according to Lucy Watkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and uh, Coxie for being actor, commander and chief during uh, all this time. And thank you, more importantly, to anyone who's still staying online and listening to this call. It means a lot. I mean, we don't get anything out of it. We lose money doing it, but it means a lot when people tweet us to say, hey, I've, I've been listening to the call. And really special to hear that from Meg at the end where she said, thank you guys for doing what you do and being there when the others didn't care. We're the real second-tier media. Hi, Art of Sanctum. We're the real second-tier media. Like <laughs> as we go along. Man, we've <laughs> just lost all our support. Uh, one, uh, one final thank you that we should also give... Uh, they're great, love them. Love is uh, RSN for allowing yeah. us to go to air and providing us with a platform on their digital channel. So thank you, even though we've had a few little hurdles to, to yeah, get across yeah. throughout 2018. A, a couple of little hiccups, and thank you to Val Victoria for obviously organising the box, um, to atta- allowing us to air our feed over the last month or so on the vfl.com.au stream, which promotes our call and everything like that. Would have been nice to have today, but uh, apparently another station with two commentators wanted to do it, so... Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone with good taste, listen to us. Four minutes, four wax. <laughs> Time to wrap things up here, Pete. <laughs> oh, Coxie, you've hosted the show. You can sign us off. 
Thank you very much for your company here on Women's Australian Rules Football Radio on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Today, it was the Hawks obtaining their first premiership in women's football for 6.30, defeating the Cats 2-5-17. We'll see you very, very soon.